Wake up, NHL fans. Welcome to the city of Toronto for NHL All-Star Weekend. It is Thursday. It is February. Alongside Kobe Cohen, I'm Johnny Lazarus, and this is Morning Cup of Hockey, brought to you by Seagram's VO Select Canadian Whiskey, artfully blended and impeccably crafted. Make it your very own. The Nation Network of Podcasts will be live from the Seagram's VO Whiskey Studio at the Fairmont Royal York as part of the NHL All-Star Weekend festivities, February 1st and 2nd. We're here. We're excited. We had a fucking long trip here, but uh, Kobe, it's good to be in Toronto. Good to see you in person. It is good to be back in the Mecca. I get to walk by the Hockey Hall of Fame last night, going to dinner. I, I don't think I've been in there in quite some time since I'm a young kid. We had a nice uh, team outing last mm-hmm. night. You were able to hold your liquor, which is always <laughs> surprising to me. I know... Uh, you know, you're you're probably a little bit of a lightweight. Yeah, I think a that's probably a, a fair <laughs> thing to say. Maybe a little taste of whiskey, but, you know, you're probably more of a seltzer guy. Um, I was mixing around some whiskey, some wine, some beer. But uh, early to bed night for me last night, you know, big day today. Well, you were supposed to play in a hockey game yeah, last night, but you got disinvited. Yeah, my buddies were playing uh, like a CCM outdoor game last night at Rosedale Park, which I think is like 15 minutes away from here. And um, I really wanted to go. Why are you doing the ball gazer thing on your leg? Is I'm it, just watching. Oh, I thought you were doing the ball gazer thing. I don't know what that um, is. <laughs> but, yeah, I really wanted to play. It was a shame that they kind of disinvited me. They told me it was 9 to 11, but I think it ended up being 9 to 10. Um, you know what happened there. They probably had a couple had of texts bodies. out. Yeah. You were kind of on a reserve list, and once the guy who they actually wanted to play responded, oh, sorry, Johnny, we're going to actually end yeah. the game early. Well, I did see the videos after, and they had, like, 20 people. It was like they had a ref out there. I was like, what the hell is going on here? What was I invited to? So then you really must have done something wrong to get disinvited because yeah. it seemed like they had anybody and everybody. Yeah, I don't know, but I'm trying to get a tune-up in because I'm playing in that creator game on Saturday, which I'm really pumped about, at uh, Nathan Phillips Square. Um, and you don't want to embarrass no, I don't want to embarrass the myself. Nation Network or no. the Daily Face Off at the Creator game. Yeah, that should be fun, though. I think it's the first time the NHL has ever done something like that. So uh, really excited to be a part what of What is that. a Creator game? All the NHL people that, like, create content the for the YouTubers? League, YouTubers, TikTokers. Is Freezer Tarts going to be there? He's not. Okay. Uh, I don't know if I consider myself one of those. I don't know. You are. Am I? Yeah. I don't know. It'll be fun. I, I don't really – I don't know where I blend in, you know? I think I'm kind of uh, – a unicorn in that sense. Oh, you are? Yeah. Self-proclaimed? Self-proclaimed unicorn. Well, <clears throat> yesterday was a long day. Mm-hmm. Um, I started in, in Boston. Had a couple of flight issues getting back to Philly to our do our show. Yeah, you had to be panicking. You were panicking. You were going to have to do the show for yourself for five to eight minutes. I, I got in there three minutes late, so we were able to get on the air. Mm-hmm. And then we had a quick turnaround to Toronto, and... You have a pretty good story yesterday. They had you detained. You, they weren't going <laughs> to let you in. I mean, I, I want to let you tell everyone what an idiot you are and yep. what you did, and then I'll, I'll save my comments till the end because, again, just such a typical move for, for your generation to pull what you pulled yesterday. So about two weeks ago or three weeks ago when I found out I was coming to Toronto, I called my mom, called my parents to tell them, like, hey. Called my mom. Yeah, obviously. You know, check one. I'm mama's boy. Called my mom and I was like, hey, guess what? Like, I got invited to go to NHL All-Star Weekend. It's in Toronto. It's going to be an awesome time. Like, super pumped, blah, blah, She calls me back five minutes later. Check your passport, dumbass. So I pull out my passport and I'm like, oh, my God. So she's tracking oh, she knows. your passport years. No, and- she just, like, she didn't know when it expired, but she just, like, had a, a hunch that I wouldn't know. Were you the guy in minor and junior and youth hockey that forgot their passport when they had a a trip to Canada. <laughs> you were that idiot, no, weren't no, you? But I'll tell you one better. Oh God. We didn't really go to Canada ever, but I went to the Sioux Falls Stampede uh like tryout. I forgot my skates at home. 
You went like, to a hockey trial to a hockey for the USHL. For the USHL, I left you my didn't skates, bring your skates at home. So we landed. So that's why you didn't make it. Not so. <laughs> it's actually a really funny story. So we landed. But wait, stay on the immigration situation, okay? Okay, focus. There's too much going on here. Focus. Go with the flow. Focus. Um, where were we with that story? Oh, my mom calls me. Okay, so I open up my passport. I look at the expiration date, February seventh, and I'm like, oh my god, like, <laughs> like that's six days from now. So I call like the passport embassy in New York, or I think that's what it's called, the, the consulate, consulate, whatever it's called. And <laughs> mixed laugh with me. Um, and I'm like, hey, like I'm going to Canada in two weeks, but my passport expires like three days after I'm supposed to get home. Is that an issue? And they were like, I mean, you probably should renew it, but it's like a three-week process to send it in, get it back. So you're probably going to be fine if you go and get back before it expires. Probably. Probably. So just make sure you're back in the States. Who did you call? Someone at the consulate in New York. Yeah, I had the name. I think his name is Dan. I wrote it down just in case. Okay. Um, I'm sure the border (laughs) agents here in Canada would have said, oh, you talked to Dan? Okay. Yeah, exactly. But he was like, you should be fine as long as you're back in the States by the expiration date. This is just such an irresponsible move. Everybody knows you do not... You do not travel internationally with a passport with six months or less. I don't think everyone knows that until Every it happens to them. Every adult knows that. That's I don't never think it, happened to me, and I know that. It's just common adult knowledge. I really don't think that's common adult knowledge. I really don't. I guarantee if I texted like 10 of my friends right now, hey, when do you guys think you can travel with your passport until it expires? People who travel know these things, Johnny. Well, I don't travel a lot. I've only been to Canada like once in the last year. I should have checked then. But either way... I land in Canada, land in Toronto, and I do the whole customs thing. <coughs> Bless you. <laughs> and I get to, you know, the security guard or whatever where I can come through and get through the airport. And they're like, hey, like, we can't let you through here. Like, we have, you have to Obviously. To, you have to go to immigration. Obviously. And I was like, no, I called last week. They said it was fine. Like, <laughs> they said it was fine. Dan said it was also fine. Also sounds like the biggest lie. Does it not? You're an idiot. <laughs> like, Listen, this is an irresponsible yeah. move. 1995 and later, man. This yeah. you you guys just you just wing it. Just let me roll the dice. Maybe I'll get in. Maybe I won't. Well, I, I mean, I thought from the phone call I'd be good. So then I get to immigration. Now I'm waiting. And also, I called a friend to pick me up from the airport. So I have my friend Lucas sitting in his car outside the airport while all this is happening. And I get sent to immigration. I'm in an hour and a half line after I landed. And then you you walked you actually walked by me. You didn't see me. I saw you. I made eye contact with you. I thought you were looking back at me. And I was making a face like fuck my life. And you just kept walking. But then I texted you after. I was like, did you not know that was me? I didn't see yeah, you. Yeah, he didn't see me. I would have left you there regardless. But but either way, I went up to the window, said I was here for NHL All-Star Weekend. Guy couldn't have been nicer. Dropped Willie Nylander's name, and I got through. So moral of the story is- Did you talk is, to him about his no move, no trade for <laughs> the next eight years? No, I didn't. But moral of the story is if you want to get into Canada and your Does he watch firing, our show? just say anything about the Leafs and you'll be fine. Did you ask him if he likes and subscribes and no. hangs out on the daily face no, on I wanted, YouTube? I wanted to get out of there as quickly as possible. My bag was still wheeling around the carousel for an hour and a half. I had sticks that I wanted to get, made sure they weren't stolen. So I was panicking more about my bag than anything else. Man, I'm telling you right now, I, I texted Frank and I was like, I'm <laughs> yeah. not sure Johnny's getting into Canada yeah. because, like I said, from what I know, you you need a couple of months of, of you know expiration leeway Otherwise, they just don't trust that you're going to leave, which may, I don't know. Maybe that's okay. But Also, just to speak more on our relationship, I texted Kobe like in a panic that I probably wasn't going to get in. And, and Kobe isn't like the guy to be like, dude, don't worry. Like, you'll be fine. Kobe's like, oh, my God, you fucking idiot. You didn't know like the six months thing. Just making me feel ten times worse. I'm sitting there sweating, like worrying about getting well, in. you I should know better than to text me. I'm not your shoulder to cry on. Just be a little bit positive. 
once. Well, you're <laughs> that's just an it's an immature move. It it pissed me off because you put our show in jeopardy. What would have happened if you didn't get in? Yeah, I don't know. Exactly. I, don't, I actually have no idea. Yeah, would have been big problems. You probably would have been be doing replaced. This the computer. You'd have been home. replaced for good. We would have found a replacement. and They would have stayed. You would have been done. That would have been <laughs> it for you. Short lived. How many strikes do I get? You're working that pitch count. Yeah, I know. Because right last now. night I went to the, to the handshake with Frank and did like that. Well, nobody expects people to act like they're 12 and then uh, giggle. That's you who know? I am. That's so, who I am. Yeah. so the adventures <laughs> of, of Johnny yeah. Boy here. Johnny <laughs> Drama, Johnny Sunshine and Rainbows. Yep. I'm not decided yet which one yeah. is the best one for you, but when he's not picking fights with the Edmonton Oilers fan mm. base, he's uh, or the New York Islanders, Islanders. fan base, yep. or the Winnipeg, you have a problem with Canada. Now that I think about it, every fan <laughs> not base, Ottawa, every not fan, Ottawa. Well, it's I'm the poster boy, child for Ottawa. Your boy Shane Pinto yeah. is, you know, on fire. By the way, OT buddy. winner last night. OT winner, yeah. They're they're certainly lucky to have mm-hmm. him back. But uh, what about the big trade yesterday? There yeah. there was NHL news. We were kind of hanging out yesterday as a team. Frank Saravalli disappears for 15 or 20 minutes. He's sitting by himself on the phone, and then all of a sudden we start to see the news leaking out. Um, of a big trade and and two teams, um, probably not the most traditional trade partners. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I uh, you don't ever see the Rangers and the Flyers trade or the Rangers and the Bruins trade. I mean, rarely. You just don't see it very mm-hmm. often. I feel like you don't see a ton of Calgary, uh, Vancouver. Although um, didn't Zadorov just go yeah. From, yeah. from? So maybe the new, you know, the Craig Conroy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Patrick Alvin, maybe that relationship is, is different. Um, <clears throat> but what'd you think of that trade yesterday? I mean, a lot of pieces involved in that deal. Um, that's, that's a lot for a, for a rental player, unless maybe they know that, uh, there's some sort of extension conversations that were being had. I, I'm not really sure. Um, what'd you think of it? Well, I'll read the trade out loud first before I go into it. So to the Calgary flames was a 2024 first round pick, a conditional 2024 fourth round pick. Andre Kuzmenko, Yoni Yermo, and I'm going to botch his last name, and I feel bad about it. Hunter Bruce, Bruce Dewitz? Bruce Dewitz? Uh, you're looking at me. And then to the, to the Canucks, Elias Lindholm. So a haul for Elias Lindholm, and you know, obviously Elias Lindholm's been in the conversation now for a couple weeks about being traded. I don't think anyone had him targeted to Vancouver. Uh, I think most teams he was tied to was Boston, and two days ago the Rangers yeah, were Yeah, but when you see teams. the trade package, you see it's right away why – New York and Boston and these other teams were out because um, they're not going to make Don Sweeney's never departing with that many assets for a rental player. I mean, we saw him swing with Lindholm, the other Lindholm, Hampus Lindholm, but it's because they had a, an extension. They knew they could get an extension done immediately with him and they locked him up for, you know, whatever it was, seven or eight years. Um, <coughs> excuse me. When, when they made that trade. So, Seeing the Kings ransom that uh, that Vancouver just gave up, I mean, it better work. Mm-hmm. I mean, because that, that's a massive haul. And, you know, I think Vancouver has a lot of young talent. And, and you know, I'd say if, if they're in a window, it's just the beginning of their window. I mean, they were bad last year, and then all of a sudden this year they, you know, have completely turned it around. Um, so I just think that's a lot to give up for a rental player when you're you're at the beginning of a window like mm-hmm. it's not as if they're knocking on the door of a Stanley Cup they're playoff tested we see this year after year these these sort of new teams on the scene from previous years they don't just walk through the playoffs in year 1 
they usually have to struggle their way in and out of the playoffs for maybe a couple of years before they're able to cross that stress um, threshold yeah. and win a Stanley Cup. So, you know, again, maybe they've had some some you know behind closed doors extension talks with Lindholm, but I personally think that's a massive, massive overpay for you know a. a it, okay, is he a first-line center? He's slotted in it right now. Yeah, and uh, I get that. But mm-hmm. is he really a first-line center? I, I don't know. Like, you know, admittedly, I saw Calgary more last two years yeah. just, you know, being in Chicago. We'd see them quite, you know, not quite often, but, but you know, more than I ever did, you know, being out east. So I just, I, I mean, to me, you, you just you just paid the premium price for a, a guy you'd think would have five years on his contract and had like a team friendly contract or was a hundred plus point scorer. You know, I mean, he's more of a two way center. Mm-hmm. He's not some offensive powerhouse type of player. Good offensive player, but very good defensive player as well. Responsible, you know, wins a lot of faceoffs. But I mean, maybe they were, you know, the the. Jim Rutherford just got a, a contract extension a couple weeks ago, yeah. and then Alvin got one yesterday. So I guess front office is just feeling like, you know, we're, we got some safety net. We got some years on our job, so so we're going to take a big swing and, and um, try to show the fan base and the city like we're all in. So I just – I think it's foolish because, again – Teams don't just walk in the first year and win the Stanley Cup. Like, you've got to lose and learn how to win. And the group they have right now, they haven't learned how to win in the playoffs yet. They just haven't. They've only been in the playoffs, like, once in the last five years, and that was the bubble. Right. You know, so it's, like, not even a legit playoff series. Exactly. I don't really count the bubble. I don't know if you do. But also, when you speak about an extension, like, the Canucks' number one priority for an extension should be Elias Pettersson. Like, it shouldn't be Elias Lindholm, mm-hmm. right? Because he's their future. He's their franchise player right now. I mean, maybe it's Quinn Hughes. Probably is Quinn Hughes, depending on how you look at it. Because I think we both know or we both agree on building through the blue line, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's kind yeah. of the best way to go about building a Stanley yeah. Cup team. So I would say that Quinn Hughes is their franchise guy. But you talk about extensions, and I think, like, you got to make Elias Pedersen happy. Well, and how about or this? They don't know what he's going to do. No idea. For him to be unsigned heading into the – deadline i mean the amount of leverage that that gives him the longer this goes the the more that number keeps going up because he controls it all i mean i actually kind of thought for him by not signing and not getting locked up i thought it kind of tied their hands a little bit because it's like you know what can you afford to give up? What can you afford to walk away from? What's your cap situation going to look like next year? Because you just don't know if a deal is or isn't happening with Pedersen. Um, you know, well played by him and his agent because it, it's, again, his leverage grows and, and grows even more now that they just went out and, and pushed all the chips to the middle, giving up that that haul of a package um, that they did to, to bring in Lindholm. So, um you know, again, I, I think it was a premature move for Vancouver to just fully go all in like that right now because, I again, I think they're playing like a top team in the NHL. We we both have them pretty high up our, our power They don't have rankings. many holes. But I, I just – are they going to go into the playoffs and be the same team without having experienced that, like, playoff hockey and, and – uh, whether it was Tampa a number of years ago getting swept out of the first round, whether last year, you know, Boston's group, who is playoff tested, gets pushed at, you know, you just, it, it's rarely this like wire to wire, you know, story for, for NHL teams. And 
Vancouver has kind of been wire to wire. They've had like a couple small little glitches in their season, but they've done a nice job of keeping it on the rail. Like every time they've slid, they've kind of put a, you know, a, a cork in it pretty quickly and, and sort of, you know, rekindled things and got going. And, and, you know, they haven't lost in weeks now in, in regulation. I think they were like 8-0-2. 8-0-2 yeah. yeah, I mean, that's... Even their last, uh, what was it, last week, they were down like 4-1 to to Columbus and came back on home ice and won in overtime. Like, that's a game where, you know, good teams find a way to come back in that game. Well, like, I think in the locker room right now in Vancouver, they, they expect to win every game. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you've, you've played hockey at a high enough level to know this also. But um, <clears throat> every team, like, when you're down, pretends like, yeah, we're good, we're going to come back. But there's not that many teams that truly have that belief. There's always a couple... Every year, there's four or five of those teams in the NHL, um, you know, and I've I've been a part of some teams that were like that, and and most teams that weren't like that. There's just a difference. There's a difference between saying it in the locker room at intermissions and actually having the belief in your group that you can basically come back of any point of a game. And Vancouver has proven that they they have, um, and a lot of that is due to the fact that they know. Demko, you know, even in a game that they're giving up a lot, is going to come up with saves that he shouldn't, um, which always builds confidence. And and then they've got offensive players. I mean, between Hughes and Pedersen and the way Bester's rebounded this year after, you know, being talked about on on the trade block Mm -hmm. incessantly last season, uh, underperforming, you know, people were pretty negative about his contract. I mean, all that talk has gone away with what he's done this year. So, um, we'll see. Like maybe they're not done either. Like I, I think you could see them potentially look to to put a little depth on their back end because if they're in, which they clearly are all in, usually those teams don't stop at just one move. Mm-hmm. Well, that was my next question. Do you think they continue? Or on the flip side, actually, with Calgary, because Calgary now you talk about Tanev, you talk about Hannafin, two other guys that are on the trade block. Are they not finished this weekend? You think they're trying to get rid of players as quickly as possible, or are they going to wait it out to the deadline? Well, every year, um, you know, you see some general managers, and I think Jim Rutherford has has a history of of getting out in front of things, um, which I actually think is smart. That extra month of playing together and and being around, I think, you know, I think that can really make a difference Mm -hmm. Um, rather than just getting dropped in at the deadline and having a couple of weeks and, you know, to, to get used to your teammates. So I think it's smart to get out in front of it if you can, um, make the cap dollars work. Everybody doesn't get out in front of it because every day, the way you accrue cap space with the NHL daily hit of your your salary cap number, you know, te- teams like to sit on it. So, do I think um, do I think that they're done, um, Calgary? I mean, I don't. I'm know. I'm saying this weekend. Yeah, I, I I don't. They're obviously not done. Yeah, I don't think I don't think Calgary's sitting there saying we need to get rid of our players now yeah. at all. I think. Really, the closer you get to the deadline, the more leverage you probably have, especially with like Tanev and Hannafin and and meaning leverage to get more from other teams as Mm -hmm. they get a little more desperate and their cap situations open up um, a little bit more. So I I don't think for for Calgary there's as much of a premium on the timing of it because they're not trying to build chemistry. They're tearing it all down. I mean, they're going to start trading away their their talented guys that aren't willing to be there and, and sign um, extensions. So, again, I, I think uh, the, the only area where, again, I think Vancouver will continue to look um, other than, you know, getting Hironic an extension, getting Pedersen extension. I'd say on the back end, you've got, you know, Zadorov and, and Noah Yulson as mm-hmm. your third pair. They, they probably want to 
get a little bit more help there with Carson Soucy out, Tucker Pullman on IR. Um, you know, I'm just looking at the daily faceoffs, you know, dot com's line charts right now just to kind of see how they have it set up. Um, I think they'll add depth. You know, I really do. I, I think I think they'll they'll continue to try to add like, you know, those depth players that cost you four, fourth or fifth round picks here, like right up to the date of the deadline. So um, definitely a team to keep an eye on, though, because they, they took a big swing already. Oh, yeah. They certainly took a big swing. And you look at how this trade went down. Elias Lindholm was on the plane headed to All-Star Weekend. It's now back-to-back years where a trade was made right before All-Star Weekend happened. Bo Horvat last year with Vancouver. He represented the Islanders at All-Star Weekend. Now this weekend, the Calgary Flames don't have a representative, and the Canucks now, I believe, have, what, four or five? Seven? Seven? Oh, my God, it's a lot. Uh, what's, what's the Monica Geller? Seven, seven, seven. Come on, that was a good reference from Friends. You can chuckle at that one. Come on, give me some credit. Give me some snaps. I mean, I do like Friends, but you're just not funny. <laughs> your delivery is I a think problem. some people think I'm pr- – I would say my delivery you is love, better than yours. You like to laugh at yourself. My de- I do, that's fair. But my delivery is better than yours for sure. Okay. I would argue that. Sure. But – I want to ask you if you have any like crazy trade stories. I know you've been traded before. Or any friends? You know, I, I got to imagine landing from a flight and finding out you're on a different team is a pretty, uh, pretty wild feeling. Yeah, I mean, look, getting traded is is um, an experience, I guess. Especially, I mean, I got traded in my first year of my entry level contract. You know, kind of fresh off a call up. Um, I I do remember it pretty well. There, it's it, it's not like some crazy story, other than like showing up to the rink and your phone ringing and you know when you see the gms calling you um it's one of two things it's it's uh you know they're they're trading you away or you're getting called up or you're getting sent down like it's it's you know there's a there's a huge pendulum of of what it could be but it's never a settling feeling when the gm's you know name pops up on your cell phone so um, I remember getting that call from from Greg Sherman in Colorado. He was the the GM at the time, um, a lot of years ago when I got traded for uh, Matt Hunwick um, to Boston. And so I I do I do remember the most interesting part of that phone call was getting a call, and this was kind of pre Twitter was still brand new at this point, so things weren't breaking on Twitter at the time. But I what was so interesting about when I got traded was was I got a phone call from the GM. And he said to me, we traded you, but I can't tell you where yet. And I'm like, I thought I, I, your your initial reaction, especially as a 21-year-old, you think maybe they could be messing with you. Mm-hmm. You're like looking around at your teammates. Like, is anybody laughing? Is anybody um, – you know, so it's it's a weird conversation to have. It's it's quick. It's, it's a 30-second conversation. We traded you. Hang tight. Be patient call you back soon to let you know where you've been traded. And it's not like I could go to Twitter to check because, like I said, it wasn't there yet. So, um, And then when my phone did ring and it was Boston, it was Peter Shirelli, I knew the area code because it was mm-hmm. a 617. So I, like, right away had a pretty good idea. But also, like, a lot of hockey people are, are bo- you know, started yeah, in Boston, Boston, have 617 numbers or whatever. So, you know, I do remember that sort of uncomfortable few minutes where I was like, told I was traded but not told where I was being traded and um you know and then as career goes along especially every deadline deal when you're playing in the American League on a on a team like the Bruins that's going for the Stanley Cup every year one year they bring in Caberlet like every year they're bringing in veterans at the deadline we would all sit around the training room just kind of like waiting for the phone to ring in the training room on on deadline days in the American League so always unsettling um you know especially when you're young in your career and you don't have 
you know, millions and millions of dollars and the, the, the ramifications of getting traded are a lot. You might be alone, you know, at the time for me, it was just me and my dog. It's not like I wasn't married or anything and, and I didn't have a family at the time. So, um, you know, I think in the NHL, they make it a little bit easier on you. Um, but it's still like you got to move in the middle of the year and find a lease and or buy a place. And it's, you know, there's there's a lot that goes with it. There really is, which is why a lot of times takes a guy a while to settle in mm-hmm. once he is traded. You've got to give him a little bit of runway. Well, that's what I wanted to get into next. Like with Lindholm, he's now got to fly back to Calgary, I assume, to gather some things before he heads over to Vancouver. But can you talk about just everyone, every player always says, when you get traded for the first time, that's when you realize hockey's a business. Was that your experience too? Because, you know, I'm sure you know better than most. Yeah, I think um, I think that's a, a, a good sort of, benchmark feeling Mm -hmm. for wow this is this is a business and you know I think what's hard as a young player getting traded I mean you spend two three summers going to development camp and you spend all this time around the guys getting to know each other and you you have your friends you were drafted with and and you get comfortable with the training staff and an equipment staff because again when you're a college player it might be four years before you ever actually show up um, at training camp for mm-hmm. real, you're just development camps and summer things and whatever communications. And, and so, you know, yeah, it, it was, it was that, that was a feeling. It was, I mean, I remember feeling a little bit, you know, uh, not devastation, but like I was sad because there were a number of players with the organization in Colorado that I was very close with personally. I had my actual childhood best friend playing there with me. Um, we were drafted, you know, in the first and the second round by them in the same year. We Shatty, were roommates right? in college. Yeah. And then there was a number of other guys. Brandon Yip was on the team. He was a college teammate. The coach was Joe Sacco. He was a BU guy. So there was just a lot of familiarity with the staff and everything. Um, and then I remember looking at the Bruins roster and looking at their <coughs> their minor league roster and thinking, I don't know any of these people. Like, I knew one guy in the organization. Thankfully, I knew one. Um, so that that was tough. I mean, that there's there's no doubt about it. And for me, I I had a dog, so like they wanted me to fly like that night. And I was like, well, I got my car here, and like so I just packed up my car. And six hours after I got that phone call, we drove overnight from mm-hmm. from uh, you know Lake Erie to Providence, Rhode Island. Like that, we I did it all in twelve. It's like a seven six, hour drive. Right? Yeah, yeah, like and it's again, an easy got ride. the call, didn't practice, went home, started packing up all my shit. Um, and that was it, you know, and, and luckily I had a roommate and, you know, he found another roommate. So I was like off the hook with the place we had and shout out Ryan Stoa, former, uh, former roommate is another guy I knew from the national team that was in Colorado. So it's just, it's familiarity. I, I think that's always the hardest thing. Mm-hmm. Well, I appreciate you telling that story. And I think we're actually going to take a little bit of a break right now. And after the break, we're going to talk about the Edmonton Oilers who we, uh, got into a pretty Pretty decent argument with last night. We got We're Tyler. Oilers Nation coming on. Tyler, your M trucks in the building. I think so. they're they're coming for your throat. They've oh, yeah. been hearing all of your anti Edmonton Oilers rhetoric. On hey, I'm show. standing strong on it. I'm um, standing strong. You have excuses every single day as to like why their 16 win, uh, you know, 16 game win streak basically has an asterisk next to it. Is kind of what you've been saying. Mm-hmm. And when we come back from the break, we'll we'll get into it because I think they're going to be pretty passionate, and I don't expect to side with you on any of it. We'll see. My family's very own whiskey. Barrel-aged and set apart. Marked with VO. Artfully blended. Impeccably crafted. As a wedding gift to my son. 
for the bride and groom. And now, over a century later, from our very own family to yours, a legacy rooted in whiskey. Seagram's VO, growing deeper, reaching out, raising a glass to your legacy. Seagram's VO, make it your very own. We are live from Toronto here, Johnny Boy. This is a lot of fun. We're joined by our friend from Oilers Nation, mm -hmm. Tyler Uremchuk. Thanks for coming. I dragged my hungover behind out of bed to be here with you guys, so let's do it. Made your way to the beautiful Seagram's VO Whiskey Select Studio we have here at the Royal Fairmont. Is it? Is mm -hmm. that, I'm, yeah. I'm making... Royal York. Royal, Royal York. York. Almost. Royal York. There you Sponsorship go. X. Make sure we, we pay it all off. This did a great <laughs> job setting up this beautiful studio. It, Great lighting here, Tyler. You're looking. Uh, you're not looking like a guy who drank a lot. You're looking kind of fresh and ready to go this morning. Yeah, I mean, I'm still in my 20s, so I can bounce back pretty good. I'm halfway through my uh, morning cup of hockey, so or morning <laughs> cup of coffee on morning cup of hockey, so I'm feeling all right. And I think it's my first time seeing you without a hat on. Yeah, probably. Yeah, um, I, wasn't I wasn't sure how good the hat would do with the lighting, but Kolb's pulling it off. Maybe tomorrow I'll go with it. But you got a great head of hair. You really I know, do. and I hide it a lot, too. I shouldn't. You it's always shame. have the hat going on yeah. Oilers Nation, and... You know, I, I see people with this the beautiful straight hair. And I got this curly situation going on, which is why I throw the hat on. And I'm, I'm always jealous of, like, the nice, luscious. You probably could have grown out some great flow back in your playing days, huh? Ah, uh, it doesn't grow great on the back. I get a lot of bangs. So I actually didn't grow. Like, it doesn't grow out that That's well. Tough. I always keep it short. That's tough, yeah. yeah. You don't want to end up with that, like, weird, like, straggly-looking mullet situation. Yeah. Let's get into why Tyler's here. Because <laughs> last night we were arguing a lot about the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, we were. I, I am putting an asterisk. Well, hold on. Let's just okay. start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's just All start right. with the fact that Johnny does not buy the Edmonton Oilers. And okay, whoa, whoa. Tyler, let me here, back you up for a second. Tyler here is the Edmonton Oilers. <laughs> this is Mister Edmonton Oilers. The Oilers were my pick to win the cup before the season started. Just to be clear, so I, 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 I want the them. Ottawa Senators were your pick. No, they were my pick to make the playoffs. Oh, okay, but. I'm rooting, I'm rooting for Edmonton. I want to see Edmonton do well. I love hockey. I love Connor McDavid. I want to see Connor McDavid in the Stanley He's, Cup final. This but is the most Johnny thing of all time. I'm, no, 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 I'm Spends not. all night last night uh -uh, uh -uh. just ripping the Oilers. Can I finish? And now listen Can to I him finish? playing the violin and being Mr. <laughs> good Guy. Let me finish. But this 16-game win streak. Here we go. I'm telling you, the three games they lost before the streak started were against yeah. the Tampa Bay Lightning, the Florida Panthers, and the New York Islanders. Yeah. Those are... I mean, Tampa and Florida, two really good teams. The win streak, they haven't really had a very impressive win. Okay, but you're looking at streak. but you're looking at it now and looking back. At the moment when they beat the New York Rangers, and you know the New York Rangers, the Rangers were still playing well. They're they playing really, they're playing decent. Yeah. They're playing decent. When they beat the LA Kings, the LA Kings were like eight and two in their last ten. They were starting to skid. They hadn't quite started yet. You could argue the Oilers kicked them into that mm -hmm. skid. But when they beat the Seattle Kraken, they were eight and two in their last ten. When they beat the Toronto Maple Leafs, Leafs were coming off a win. When they beat the Calgary Flames, Calgary Leafs were coming off of a win. The Calgary that's, Flames. That's, were coming all, that's the only good thing about them. Still, yeah. are well, you let me say, ask you a question. Yeah. You're going to like, penalize a team for winning sixteen in a row because of some of the teams that they're playing. There's Calgary had won three or four in, in a row. I'm saying it's it's. It's still impressive to win 16 games in a row. I'm not knocking that. You said there's an but, asterisk. But there hasn't been. They haven't played a Colorado. They haven't played. They, they lost to Florida. They lost to Tampa right before. They haven't played a team that's, like, knocking on the door of being an elite team in the NHL during this win streak. So I'm like, let, let, let me see them beat the Boston Bruins or beat a good team that's been consistent the entire year. 
Yeah, but you could poke holes with every with like, anyone. So, so with if anyone. they beat Vegas for 17 in a row, it's going to be like, oh, well, Vegas is average. Like, that one doesn't count. And then they they'll set an struggling, NH- struggling too. Yeah, so then they're going to beat the Ducks and set an NHL record win streak. Never been done before. And you'll go, ah, yeah, sure. Like, that's cool. But come well, on, you got to win. You got to beat a cup contender. Like, you can only beat the teams that are in front of you here. <laughs> well, our boy, Jeremiah Maxwell, who's always active in the oh, chat, yeah. is actually agreeing with me. He said, I'm with you, Johnny Lazarus. Tired of all the Oilers ball licking, but I do love your M. Chuck. Give him some love. <laughs> I, I don't even think it's ball looking when you're one win away from tying an NHL record. Like, I don't know, man. And earlier in the year, was anyone sitting there when they had the third toughest schedule, I think, by strength of schedule, when they were losing all those games? Was anyone sitting there going, ah, well, you know what? They're playing hard teams. Like, don't worry about it. They'll well, figure it out. No, everyone is trashing them. I mean, if you lose a lot of games in the hard part of the schedule and win a lot of games in the easier part of the schedule. But you have to look at the way that they're winning, too. And and uh, you don't watch Edmonton. It's clear. I'm literally up you later than you every night. But you don't. Watching somehow Edmonton. you don't watch them. Not every game, but, but I watch you, a lot of Edmonton. But here's the thing. You see that the way that they're playing, because mm-hmm. they just went on a pretty big East Coast. They played quite a few teams over in, like, Central and the East time zone. So mm-hmm. easier to see them play. But you look at the way that they're playing. They're, they're playing really good hockey, Johnny. Like, they're, they're – um, they have been way more thorough with the puck. They're they're getting saves because they're not putting the goaltender in bad situations. You know, Skinner's not having to stand on his head and and face four and five rebounds every time uh, there's an offensive play or an out, offensive outburst. So, I mean, again, you 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 can't ju- you also have to look at how they're playing and how they're winning games. It can't just be oh the opponents aren't good. It is still the NHL. Yeah. Every team, with the exception of maybe uh, the Blackhawks and and San Jose Columbus. have have a couple of lines that can hurt you. Columbus still has players who can hurt you. I mean, you look at Columbus's decor; shouldn't be as bad as they are. Mm-hmm. And then you add Fantilli, and you add Gaudreau, and you add, I mean, they they have players in Columbus like they just suck. I mean, they're, they're <laughs> just they're just playing god awful. But I I don't I don't buy your your whole well. There's an asterisk. They're not playing against good teams. They won 16 games in a row. It doesn't happen in sports over an 82-game season. And I think if you would have asked a lot of people before the the heater started, like, okay, the Oilers are going to win 16 in a row. How do you think it's going to get done? You probably would have said, okay, Connor McDavid probably has 48 points in mm-hmm. the 16 games. Their power play is probably 48%. Their leading point getter at 5v5 over this stretch is Warren Fogle. Really? Ryan McLeod has just as many 5-on-5 points as Leon Dreisaitl in this stretch. Their power play until the last two games when it kind of got hot was like 22%. Like, they're winning games with a weird amount of depth scoring that they've never really had in the Connor McDavid area. They're winning games with Stuart Skinner having the second-best save percentage in the league since the start of December. Like, Stuart Skinner's a guy I think should be getting more Vesna love mm-hmm. than he currently is, and I know Frank kind of ripped Liam and I for bringing that I up. I disagree with day. that. I totally disagree with that. He's got the, again, second-best save percentage since December 1st. Games started this yeah, year. But you can't just start, disregard the, the yeah, first yeah, yeah, season. Yeah, yeah. Season but started in October. Yeah. Look at the whole season. Look at a goal if you want consistency. Games started with a save percentage above 900. Only one goalie in the NHL has more games started with a save percentage above 900. And it's Hellebuck. Hellebuck has 23. Skinner has 22. Demko has 21. Say, where's Demko on that? Demko has 21. You just, yeah. But look. You just can't let up bad goals consistently for a quarter of the season. But it wasn't. And it was five games. Really? That's it? Yeah, if you go back and I look. Because I guess Campbell, Campbell, it was a lot of Campbell early, wasn't it? Yeah, and Campbell got a lot of starts early and was terrible. <laughs> and I think that almost made people think Stuart Skinner was more of a problem than he was. And yeah, his save percentage was like 880 up on till the November 15th, I think, yeah. is when he started to turn it around. But well, I don't me, mind. He's a big reason why they're winning these games. And that's their goaltending has not been a good let, thing in Edmonton let, for a while. Let me, PK, ask you another goal, let me ask you another goaltending question while you bring that up. 
a couple weeks ago on Oilers Nation, you kind of ranted about why you didn't think Flurry would be a good op- option, and I think you said something like, "If all goes to plan, he'll never play. So why would we give up an asset?" Yeah, I'm pretty sure Frank Cervalli tweeted recently that he thinks Flurry. It would take a third round pick to get Flurry. Yeah. Do you not think for a third round pick, Flurry would be as good of insurance policy, an insurance policy that you could put on that team? I mean, because uh, I think that would be a no brainer if you could do it for a third round pick. Yeah, if all it costs is a third, but then again, with Flurry, he's three point six million on the cap. Like, right, but getting, they're going to eat half that. They'll eat half. And then of what's that. the daily? What by the time the trade deadline comes, what is that number really? It's not. Yeah, it won't be. Impossible Probably something in. like six hundred thousand. And if you get the Blackhawks, and you could you could double broker that, and he could literally be costing you a few hundred thousand. So then you're talking about a third and a fourth at that point because you're going to need someone to eat more of that money. And for me, it's like, okay, could that third get you nicked out in Washington? And could the fourth get you a really good veteran seventh defenseman? You were talking with the Bruins used to do before every cup run. Go Everyone. get a veteran vet yep. seventh. Go get a vet seventh. So they would even bring guys out of retirement. They brought Shane Knighty out of retirement <laughs> yeah. one year, and we were sitting there like, what the fuck? So <laughs> are you a better team with Mark Andre Fleury sitting on the bench, or are you a better team with a uh, right shot, the fourth line center that can win you a shitload of draws, right. and a veteran seventh because someone's but, eventually but, going to get hurt? But why do you have to choose? You've got Connor McDavid in his yeah. prime. Why are you thinking about anything but today? I think the other side of it, and Frank explained this on Owen every day last, or on Tuesday, I should say. Um, he was saying that Marc-Andre Fleury's going to want to go somewhere where he has a chance to play. He doesn't just want to go sit on the bench. And I look at Edmonton and I go, well, like, kind of no matter what happens down the stretch, Stuart Skinner's going to be their starter come playoff time. So does Fleury want to wave to come up to Edmonton? For three months when he's going, okay, they kind of have their young guy in net. I might not get to play. Or is he going to sit there and go, you know, maybe there's more of a pathway to me playing games in Toronto in the playoffs or another team, maybe even Detroit. I know they've been getting good goaltending from Lyon. But Flurry in Toronto would be, that'd be wild. Mad, I can't get wild. that out of my head, man. Like it was, I that'd be it was, awesome. It was talked about a couple deadlines ago, I think when he originally went to Minnesota, that Toronto had interest. Like to me, I don't I, think that was real though. Just, just because I was in Chicago yeah, okay, at the but, time, very close to Kyle Davidson. I don't think a lot of that was real. I think that was just kind of people spreading some some bullshit and okay. and just kind of piping that out there. I, I really truly believe that. I don't think he was willing to wave to go there. Okay, well then that'd be interesting if he's not willing to wave to go there. But the situation <clears throat> of Joe Wall, you know, has had a really good year, but he's hurt, and with that injury, you never know. It's like a heel or something, right? Mm-hmm. Like you never know how that's going to heal up. No pun intended. High, high ankle closing of the season or high ankle. Yeah, or whatever. those yeah. are tricky. Yeah, they're they're the tricky. You're better off breaking, you know, you can't break your ankle. That's like, that's what we always say is a broken ankle, but you either break your foot or you break your leg because yeah. the ankle is the joint where they connect. But um, I, I I don't know, though. We're, we're not. Uh, Cone got MD. a doctor? Well, Cone. I got a high ankle sprain, oh, okay. so I kind of remember learning about all that. It was, a, it was, <laughs> that was as brutal of an injury as I ever had. It's like so serious. Six or seven months. Terrible. That's, you hear that and you yeah. just kind of get like the chills thinking about it because it's, very difficult injury to come back to, but I just think Tyler um, and Johnny, you can talk in a second, okay. but I, I just think that I don't, I'm not putting every egg in, in the Stuart Skinner basket. I think having an insurance policy, having the ability to, if Skinner plays well, or maybe he doesn't play well in a playoff game to give him a night, you know, like give him maybe, maybe you kind of use two goalies in the playoffs. Yeah. Like, Teams have been doing that. Vegas Golden Knights did that 
all not through by the, choice. Well, I that understand that. Injury. I understand that. But the Blackhawks did that a couple on, times on their playoff runs. Darling, Darling would come in yeah. and bail out Corey Crawford for a series or two. Like more, we're, we're seeing that more and more. But I, I think that's because of performance. That's not because of a strategy or a plan. <coughs> Bruins might do it this year. They might they do probably it. Probably should because it probably is what killed. Well, how'd that last work? Year. Yeah, how that work out last year? For well, them. they didn't do it last year. Yeah, they did. They no, played Swayman in Game Seven. Not until, yeah, in Game After Seven. They probably should have done it in Game six. Three or Four and you given all the rest. Seven who hasn't played in two weeks. So you think they're just gonna go what Game One? Game I'm two, just saying, off? Stuart Skinner has played very well, but I'm just I'm not there. I need to see more from him than just. This last stretch of games because he's been inconsistent. Then just in his seven career. straight 60, weeks of the sixty win, play. The sixty win streak's not enough. Listen, <laughs> I give I, I'm 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 totally on the bandwagon for that win I streak. I am, but I'm just saying, being objective, thinking about this guy's body of work in the NHL, he needs to show me later in the year. He needs to show me in the playoffs. I'm a number one. I don't need flurry type of type of performance for me to not want to have that type of insurance policy. I wonder if you can't just. Again, a third for Flurry, sure. I still think if Minnesota went to him and were like, "All right, if all it takes is a third, a lot of contenders are going to want him." Mm-hmm. If they, but go, he may think, sit there and go, "It's a good situation. I could win another cup." And he's listen. I'm not the only person in the world who needs to see more from Skinner. Like yeah. outside the bubble of Edmonton, like I still think like there's a question mark there, um, just based on previous performances. I don't want there to be, but there is there. Like I don't, I don't know how I feel about him in a playoff series with Jeremy Swayman or you know even Thatcher Demko. Like I mean, again, like I think those guys are better goaltenders than him right now. It doesn't mean he can't get there, but I do think they're better goaltenders right now. I see the wheels churning in your in your head here. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean it is. I was just in there going, yeah, you go through the teams in the West right now, and like Demko, elite. You're gonna have to go through the Jets potentially, and Connor Hellebuck, Jake Ottinger in Dallas. Like you go, they all have <laughs> really good elite yeah. goalies. I just. I don't know. I tend to be a bit more of a believer in Stuart Skinner. Like last year didn't go well, but that was the first time in his career he's ever had to play that much hockey, right? Like they had to ride him hard yeah. down the stretch because they wanted to lock up home ice. And then their probably mistake was similar to Boston, where Jack Campbell came in and bailed out Skinner twice in that first round against LA. And then he got to Vegas. He had to come in a couple of times, and they just never wanted to give Campbell a start. So maybe if they had a more trustworthy backup this year, they'd be willing to to flip off it in case of emergency. I just. I'm not sure if it's flurry because, again, you have to convince him to come here. He might look at L.A. and go, oh, yeah, I'm going to beat out Cam Talbot for that yeah, job, and I'm going to start well. game one That's of the playoffs. Point. It could be a moot point. I'm just saying I, I, I don't, I'm a believer in you can't have too much depth at that position unless you have Connor Hellebuck or you know one of the, the yeah. elite few, and it is a few. It's not a big list of guys. So you don't want to hear my take on how you can probably just trust Calvin Pickard? No, we're not going to go there. <laughs> I mean, listen, no disrespect, but no. We, we, that is not a take that, that we're ready for. But goaltending is weird, too. Like, if you would have asked Florida Panthers fans, you know, at this time last year, hey, you cool with Alex Lyon starting all your games down the stretch? They would have been like, no, obviously not. But what happened? He but came Alex in and he Lyon got has more of a body of work recently than Pickard. He did. I think last year was more of his like coming out party. It was, but he had put good stretches together in Philly on bad teams, which I remember because I was I was doing TV for them at the Mm -hmm. time. Um, He was he was dominating down in the American League. He won the Natty with Yale, right? Yeah, 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 long time ago. Yeah, Mm -hmm. so 
I don't know. Like I, I think he he had had more quality hockey in him. But I'm I don't disagree. Though. Tucker's it's, been around for a long time. Very long. And, and yeah. I was we went to training camp together. Really? So that's, yeah, he's been around for yeah. a while. I mean, he was drafted a few years after that's me. But he, we, know we were in train we were in training <laughs> camp together. I think he's actually married to one of my one of my friends' sisters. Random flex. I mean, if you'd ask Golden Knights fans at the start of the playoffs last year, hey, you cool if Aiden Hill's got to start playoff games? They probably would have been like, oh, no, our season's over if yeah. that happens, right? Yeah. I think if you would have asked Aiden Hill, hey, you ready to start playoff games? The night before he got into a playoff game, I can tell you, he wasn't ready to start playoff games. Yeah. And he just gets thrown in and gets hot. Mm-hmm. And Vegas also did a – the, their system protects goalies. Yeah, the way great. that they play when they play good hockey, I think Vegas can, can shelter a goaltender. I mean, Aiden Hill this season though has shown he's he's, he's pretty number legit, one. man. He, like, he's, he has he's when good. he's been healthy, he's really looked like yeah. a number one. I think Edmonton is trending in the direction of being able to shelter a goaltender the way they're playing with the puck. Like they're not turning the puck over. At the end of the day, like Edmonton is managing the puck better than I've seen them since I don't know how long. Just yeah. and if they can continue to do that, that'll be the difference. When they're not playing like high risk, high reward hockey. And because you don't have Hellebuck to bail you out on high risk, high reward hockey, you know maybe maybe Skinner gets there, but he's not there yet. We can obviously agree on that. So, I have a question for Tyler about the Canucks trade. Does that give Edmonton more incentive to go after it right now? Because they're yeah. going all in, right? Like yeah. that's. I don't think Edmonton needed more incentive to go out and upgrade their team. But, but does that kind of give them a spark? And what's interesting about the West is those seven teams right now in the top seven spots. And that eighth spot is just going to be a waste of whatever. Like, it's just, it won't matter. That team's going to lose in five games to whoever they play in round one. Who had the quote? Was it Sutter last yeah. year that said, like, waste it's just 10 days. days or eight days or whatever it is? Yeah. I think those other seven teams, they all have Stanley Cup aspirations. Mm-hmm. So I think what Vancouver might have done, one, it was smart because I think they jumped the market and it's going to be this weird arms race, even just in Western Canada with Winnipeg, Edmonton, and Vancouver. And Vancouver just stepped up and said, we'll go get the best guy first. So now if you're Edmonton, it's like, okay. Your first-round pick was always in play. I think a handful of your top prospects are obviously in play. Everyone but Dylan Holloway is probably trade bait at this point. Um, great but, college player. Yeah, great. It's a shame player. he hasn't really panned out in the NHL. He's coming. Though. Played better. I, I said this on really... their show recently. I was like, I I'm ready to see him take the next step, though. Mm-hmm. I, I and and I stand by that statement. Yeah. I know he's playing better, but. It's consistency that we you got to see from He's got to stay healthy. Dude. Yeah. He's always banged up. Um, but a good Bragg Creek, Alberta boy. Shout out to Bragg Creek. Um, but Holloway's probably the only untouchable. The Oilers should be going all in. My thing is when I look at Frank's trade targets list, like who out there is worth spending the assets for? Like it's one thing to sit there and be like, we're going to go all in. But like is it dumb to be like, yeah, we're going to give up our first round pick for Sean Monaghan, who's going to be a 3C for us? Like, how big of an upgrade is Monaghan at center over Ryan McLeod, who's playing great hockey as of late? Is that worth giving up a first-round pick for? I know a lot of people have talked about Sean Walker as being a Cody Cece upgrade, but I'm like, okay, are you going to have to give up a second-round pick, and then you're going to have to I think a for- second for Sean Walker would be would be a good deal. I really do, because a second-round pick, you, you never know what you're getting. Yeah. Um, but and- to fit him in, you got to move Cece. So then it's like, okay, are you going to disrupt a pairing that's been a legit top-four pairing for you for – the last 18 months, Nurse well, and I think C- But I think CeCe, you've got to look at his playoff history and how he's played in the playoffs. He has a big enough body of work that I think you should know what you're going to get come that time of year. He was bad last year. He was good the year before. Also, so, what does Leon have in his contract? Two years? One more after this. One, one. more? Yeah. Like, that's got to be the window, right? Like, you got to go all in. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I think if you're Edmonton and Ken Holland, like, how many years does Ken Holland have left as the general manager? This is his last season. Okay, so. Then it's retirement swing. time. Swing. I oh mean, yeah, swing. Mm-hmm. It's it, it just 
you know, don't think about tomorrow. Don't think about the next day. The future's literally But my now. point is, yeah. who's worth swinging for right yeah, now? Yeah, but like, Tyler. Just swinging out of your shoes at a pitch in the dirt's dumb. I understand that, but also you've just got to get comfortable with the fact that you overpay at the deadline. It's like free agency, man. You if you you overpay, it's it's when there's a competitive market, you know, it's ca- it's capitalism. You overpay, like that's literally supply and demand one on one. Like you're gonna overpay for for a player like that. And um, we've seen we saw Tampa do it with Coleman, Goudreau. We saw them overpay for those types of guys. I'm down to overpay it, for guys with it, term. Like and it got do. you, it, it got you to the Stanley Cup, and then they had to move on from those guys. Those guys couldn't stay like one extra year or whatever because they knew they wouldn't be able to fit them in. But those are the decisions these general managers are faced with. Is yeah, I, I don't want to give up my first or second round pick, but this guy gives us makes us ten percent better, and that's the ten percent that we need. I don't know when his birthday is, but Connor McDavid, I know, is turning 27 this year. It'd be yeah. a fucking shame if he doesn't have a cup by the time he's 30. It was his birthday two weeks ago. It was? So okay, so he's 27. Now. Yeah, he's 27 now. Um, yeah, I mean, it would be a shame if he yeah. doesn't have a cup by the time. He, it's a shame he doesn't have a yeah, Stanley he, Cup final appearance already. Look, it right? would, I said this to you guys last night. <clears throat> How great would it be to have a Connor McDavid Stanley Cup final against a big East market of the Rangers, um, the, the Bruins, you know, one of those – you know, obviously, like, Chicago stinks right now. But one of those big, you know, I know Chicago's more Midwest, but mm-hmm. one of those big East markets that gets all those ABC, you know, TV windows and, you know, gets the similar, like, type of media attention in the playoffs that a Canadian market would get. Like, I think that would be so good for the league, for people here that are the casual hockey fan to see McDavid play in that type of atmosphere over the course of two weeks. I think that would you know, be monumental for the game because he's, he really is super, super entertaining. Um, one other question that I do want to ask you, something that came up last night. I know our, yeah. our guy Jay is not here Is he no-showing? Um, he's not he, coming? He, he was given bad information about time frame, <laughs> mm. which we can discuss later whose fault that is, most likely Vic's. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, these guys were talking about something last night, and then I heard it on TSN. On Jay, what is it, Onright? How do you say his last name? Onright, yeah, yeah. On Jay Onright's show last night when we got back, it was like midnight, he had a guest on, uh, a TSN hockey guy. I, I couldn't, I don't know who it is. You know, it's a Canadian personality. But they were talking about the exact same thing and why it, it, it and I was like, whoa, we just told Tyler and Jay that they were insane for this. Well, we didn't say they were insane. We just said, like, wouldn't everyone want to do right. the same thing? But, <laughs> like, it's not, but clearly yeah. – there's people that are somehow justifying this in their head. So Tyler, we want you to to, to give us Jay's proposal, yeah, yeah. and then you know give the backstory to it, and and give give the audience a little bit of an idea of 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 what. And I just want to shout out tripping out in the chat because he brought it up before. So okay, go. So this is the logic behind Jay's thinking, Jay's idea, not mine. But it's Sidney Crosby. Is Can we give a quick who Jay is, by the way? The guy who found started Oilers Nation, runs the company. Right. Okay. CEO of the company. CEO of the company. Yeah. It's pretty so good. you can't really disagree with him, but also you can. We, we pretty much <laughs> laugh in his face. Yeah, no, we, he's, yeah he's, he's a pretty good sport about yeah. that yeah. stuff. Yeah. So his idea is Sidney Crosby is a year and a half left in his deal. Things are not going well in Pittsburgh. And I think you can kind of tell this group they have. Yeah, they're in trouble. It's not going to work. Which is insane. So if you're <laughs> if you're Kyle Dubas, do you sit down with Sidney Crosby and say, Sid, you're 36, you got a year and a half left in your deal. 
Let me send you somewhere where you can win a Stanley Cup, get another ring, year and a half from now, because, I mean, you'll probably get three first-round picks for Sidney Crosby if you're trading now, plus, pro- like, you'd get a haul for him. And then what about if you move Malkin? What about if you – maybe you can't move Latang, Maybe you can't move Carlson because their contracts are good? They could have a sick rebuild in, in well, Pittsburgh yeah. if they started moving those guys. Oh, my God. Like, what happens if you sit there and tell Sid, hey, Sid, over the next year now, we're just going to get as many picks as we can. And then right before you're about to hit free agency again, we're either going to have a bunch of new prospects in the system or we're going to package up those picks and get a new supporting cast in here. And you can come back when you're 38 and finish your career as a Penguin, sign one more two-year deal with us, play till you're 40, and you're going to have another ring on your finger, and we're going to have a core that can maybe actually win con, with you in your maybe final two years. Maybe a Conn Smythe this year. I mean, yeah. or a, maybe a Hart Trophy. Like, he's been, he's been incredible this year. He's been year. great. So, like, could you convince him in a weird world that go away, go play with Connor, add this new little Canadian chapter to your legacy, and come back in two years. We'll have a fresh young core here in Pittsburgh, a similar thing like L.A. went, right? They were just mm-hmm. bad for a couple of seasons, got some picks, reloaded, and they were back to being good again with Doughty and with Kopitar and with those guys who they won their cups with. Could you sell sit on that same idea and say, we're going to let you go for two years, get a bunch for you, and bring you back? And if you're Edmonton and that becomes even the slightly, if that door's open just a little bit, you sell everything. What would you be willing to give? Let's yeah. hear what you're – what are you willing to give that you think – and don't, you know, take off your, your yeah, yeah. Oilers jersey for one second <laughs> – and try to put a little bit of a GM cap on, what would you give? So I think you need to start with, like, okay, what is this first playoff run with Sidney Crosby? What's that worth? If Sidney Crosby was a pure rental, how much would he go for on the market? And it's two first-round picks and a good prospect. So it's probably two firsts and Philip Broberg. And then you're looking at next year, because he's got one more year on his deal, and you're probably looking at another two first-round picks for that. So You think Broberg's a good enough prospect to give? I think he's... I think there's such a love-hate with him. Yeah, there there's a bit of a love-hate yeah. with him. I don't think there can be a love-hate. Like, I think you have to part with your best prospect. Yeah, so it's Broberg and four first-round picks or three first-round picks and maybe Xavier Borgo, who would have been a first-rounder a couple of years ago for him. So, like, two A-level prospects and three first-round picks is... That's probably what you're looking at, and I don't even think you blink twice if you're Edmonton. And you're, and fine, you're totally fine with that. Come on, man. Like, okay, yeah, I'm just it's, asking. It's, it's, like, I just mean, come on in the sense it's Sidney Crosby. Right. Like, they asked for six. Who's still like, playing, oh, again, yeah. at the top of his game at his age. Yeah. And and from what I understand, the way he takes care of himself, he may have another couple years at the top of mm-hmm. his game. I mean, you don't see a slowdown no. happening. No, and we and have then, some comments in the chat, too. Jeremiah said, uh, Colorado is the only team I see Crosby going to, my guess. And then tripping out. Why? Because of McKinnon. Everybody has that McKinnon-Crosby yeah. connection. But there was, like, rumors about that this past summer, I feel like, or before he, maybe he signed his contract. And then uh, tripping out said Crosby to Vancouver next deadline, Rutherford's reunion. Uh, yeah, I mean, maybe. Spot where he scored the golden goal, right? I hate to bring that up in front yeah. of a couple of Americans, but I had to do it. Uh, I, I think there maybe there is a part of Sidney Crosby that goes, man, I'd love to have a little Canadian chapter and go up north, play in a Canadian market, sell all the jerseys I agree. I that. think that'd be cool. I do. I I. It's like it a one percent chance this actually. Plays I agree, out. but I think it'd be great yeah. for the league. I think that's the well, thing in the NHL. You don't see the star movement like you see in like the NBA, yeah. where these these star players get you know their feelings hurt after one year and force their way out. Or you're James Harden and you put on eighty pounds and, and have a terrible training camp and they trade you. I mean, it's like yeah. it would be pretty crazy to see a star power like that um, move, but. I think it would be great for hockey. Well, I'm too young to remember it. It's one of my favorite questions to ask, like, older people in hockey because, you know. When, older people in hockey? Well, 
I wouldn't even ask you, you're probably still too young, but when Gretzky and Messier teamed up in New York, like I got to imagine that's, that's what this would be like. Like I don't remember any of those days or I didn't see any of those games, but. Was that not. 97 to like 99, I think, like three right years. End, that yeah. was like the true peak of my like, I mean, I was like nine years old, 10 years that, old. That like never gets just... talked about though. Like two of the best players to ever play the game who play together in Edmonton, then having a reunion in New York City, like, you know, obviously one of the biggest markets in the NHL, but probably. I don't know if it's safe to say the biggest market in the U.S. Is it? It probably is, right? Probably. Yeah. Maybe, I would say maybe Boston. No, New, New York, York is still New York. Yeah. I mean, hockey may not be the number one sport, obviously. Yeah, it's but not at all. The New York market is, I mean, look how many teams are are. are but would you New say it's York. bigger than Boston and hockey? I think the Bruins might be bigger. <clears throat> the Bruins might be bigger, but New York is still New York. Yeah. It's still a bigger market. It's still a bigger sports market because it's New York City. Mm-hmm. But, no, I think the Bruins are more loved in Boston than yeah, the Rangers are. I agree with that, actually. But, you know, back to that point, just I think it'd be insane to have that happen in, like, the modern-day NHL. Like, two of the best to ever do it on the same team. Yeah. The other name that'd be interesting, and maybe it's even, like, a hair more realistic, but Steven Stamkos has been public about his contract negotiations. <clears throat> well, they're not happening. He kind of said he's surprised, not happy that they haven't started yet. Tampa, I know Breezewalk came out. Uh, Very whatever. strong statement. Yeah, yeah and Very. was like, he's not going but anywhere. But what else is he going to say? Yeah. But if you're Tampa and you're like, let's say you're six points out of a playoff They're turning the, the corner, deadline. though, lately, too. They are. They're starting yeah. to turn it around. But say you hit the skids for three weeks for the deadline, and Edmonton comes knocking and says, here's a, here's a couple first-round picks and Xavier Borgo. Can we have Steven Stamkos for the next couple months, please? And Tyler, Tampa, I, and like, ah. I, I, I've been pretty vocal about saying I think Tampa's closer to a rebuild yeah. than another Stanley Cup. And <clears throat> really, you think I don't know? And a smart organization would look and go, "Okay, we they they got their rings." Yeah, you should. If Tampa's smart, they look at Pittsburgh and go, "Oh, that's what happened." Or the Blackhawks, yeah, and go, the, "That's why." There is your cautionary tales right there. They probably I mean, feel like they they can get one more though. They can get one more out of Kucherov, Stamkos, Hedman. I mean, these guys are still well. That's their thinking. Yeah, that's Breezewell's And how could you thinking. not think that way? But well, especially without Kucherov playing this year. But like, what are you gonna have to commit to Stamkos this off season? He's gonna want. He, Maybe he might be. Listen, yeah, you look at how much stay, he's yeah. made. Yeah. He, he's made a lot of tax-free, you know, money down there in uh, in Tampa. I mean, <coughs> I'm pretty sure him signing for like six million a year in Tampa would be like making ten. In or Toronto. is he going to be pissed that they made him wait? And is he going to be like, no, pay me? You wanted to maybe do this whole, right? Yeah. yeah, very very well could be, but um, I don't know. I, I really. I, I guess I just feel like you can't get too attached. You just yeah. can't. And and when you get too attached, what happens to Chicago happens. What happens to Pittsburgh happens. And in at least Chicago, to me, has a plan, and have ter- they're turning the corner. And they're they're. I know their results are are shit, but behind the scenes, like the way Kyle Davidson's building that, it's going the right way with the prospects and the core and the draft picks and and the way they've moved off of the players and this and that. But you know, it, it's not happening in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh just seems rudderless with it. So if you're Tampa, like, those are your cautionary tales, but these, these GMs are stubborn. They're, they're not willing to, to jump off that boat. Well, because nobody also wants their legacy to be the GM who sold off, right? Yeah. Like, I know Peter Pocklington and Edmonton, the guy who sold off Wayne Gretzky. I mean, he wrote a book titled I'd Trade Him Again, and he <laughs> outlined it all. But, like, his legacy is— Is it a good book? It, it was all right, yeah. Like, there were some decent stories in there. He's also a little bit of a Wacko. guy where yeah. you hear his stories and you go, ah, how much of this is yeah. true? How much of this is so just he's like Johnny? Yeah, a little bit. Okay. I tell the truth. 
But like his legacy is the guy who sold Wayne Gretzky. His legacy is not the guy who came in and was around for the cups and the mm-hmm. owner for the cups. He's the owner who sold Wayne Gretzky. It was so broke he had to sell Wayne Gretzky, and Gretzky couldn't finish his career in Edmonton, right? So if you're Dubis, do you want that to be your legacy? You're the GM who traded Sidney yeah, Crosby out of Pittsburgh. His, I don't know. If, I don't. I don't know if he if if because what he was handed, if if he really like. I'm not sure if it's fair to hit him with that, just because he just he was handed a, a flaming yeah. dumpster fire. Yeah, I mean it really is. That's fair too. It's a mess. Jeremiah in the chat said, "I think Breezeball thinks the same." Kobe Cohen, they're going to try and make the playoffs this year and start the rebuild. I mean, listen, if you're going to try a rebuild, you got to. You, why not? You, you. Here's the thing, and I I said this time and time again in Chicago, and everyone's like, "Okay, we're in we're we're invested in the rebuild, but don't trade Patrick Kane." I'm like, what are you rebuilding with? Yeah. Don't trade Hagel. Don't trade DeBrincat. You can't rebuild with with Your air. <laughs> you 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 need capital. Yeah. And and these teams, um, the, these teams that that are in these situations, they've sold off their their farm. They they have. So <laughs> it's an interesting situation in Tampa. One that again, I, like I said, I think they're closer. To, to the rebuild than they mm-hmm. are to winning another Stanley Cup. It doesn't mean they can't be competitive. It doesn't mean they won't win a series. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll kind of monitor that down the stretch here. Yeah. And I, so I, I think we're going to step aside for a couple of minutes. We, a uh, couple of minutes, we, we do have a second hour today, Johnny, here live at the All-Star. Um, so that's exciting. I get to sit next to you and, and it's been pretty nice ignore so you, ignore pretty you nice. for a whole other hour, yeah. which is pretty much what we've done They're the first hour. They're finally making you guys work hard um, for well, like I said, it's mostly just ignoring Johnny as best as I can. So we're going to step aside here for a minute, hang with us, and uh, we'll have some more people joining us here in the second half. We're back in Toronto at the Seagram's VO Select Canadian Whiskey Lounge Studio. Is that what we're calling studio. it? Studio. 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 But we're joined by Jay and Tyler. Tyler was here for uh, the last, what, 30, 40 minutes talking to Edmonton Oilers. Now we're going to get into a little bit the brain trust of Oilers Nation right here. It'll, yes. it, it'll turn into a lounge if we put some whiskey in our coffee. Yeah. Are we doing that? Well, we'll see. It's, this it's, is morning. Ele- it's morning cup of hockey. I'd say 11 a.m. is when the Irish coffee yeah. is Morning kinda, cup of Irish exactly. hockey? Or Irish coffee? Yeah, yeah. there we I, go. I fumbled that exact same thing trying yeah. to make a joke about that when I hopped on, too. We could do morning cup of Irish hockey. That could be a thing. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. That's St. Paddy's Day. That yeah. blends well. St. Yeah. Paddy's Day. It's um, called hockeyfights.com. That's what Irish hockey is. Yeah. But... You know, we talked about Sidney Crosby a little bit before. We talked about it last night. It's now trending. Look at the big grin on Jay's it's face. It's now trending right now. all over Look at media. the grin. You know the rumor. what? If you're a, it doesn't matter. Any team that you're a fan of, I just happen to be an Edmonton Oilers fan, if Sidney Crosby would come to your team, you would be smiling at Oh, my God. Unbelievable. Every team should and be And it would be great for hockey. We yes. just had this discussion. It would be so great for hockey to see him get traded. But that was my reaction last night when you told me. You were like, yeah, they should get Crosby. I was like, yeah, everyone should try to get Crosby. Yes. <laughs> like but we should try harder. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's a no-brainer. But I think we were just kind of talking about it before. I don't know if you heard um, outside the room or whatever, but, like, it'd be a modern-day Messier-Gretzky in New York. You know, that's what it would be if it happened in Edmonton. Oh, man. Just even saying that's crazy. Mm-hmm. And that also has a deep Edmonton connection, so yeah. obviously hits me in the feels more than maybe others. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also would you because you got the uh, other end of it. But, they didn't uh, get it done, though. They didn't get it done. Well, Messi ended up, and he did. And Messi won a cup without Gretzky and Edmonton in '90. Mm-hmm. Like he's able to do it on his own. He doesn't need Wayno. But uh, I just, just think of the impact. Well, it doesn't matter anywhere Crosby goes, he'll make an, an insane impact. But and, and thinking about like you think about it more, like 
Crosby's trying to build his legacy, and his legacy is already phenomenal. You think he's trying to? Build, his legacy is. Set. It's phenomenal, it's but like, but guys like but when you go like this, satisfied. I've got this many cups. Yeah. Versus this, like, that's you still you would still say he's building his legacy though. Well, he can Absolutely. add another chapter sure. to it. I yeah, like so. say really? I won five cups. How many cups did Wayne win? Four. But 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 here's the thing, guys like that are built differently. Mm -hmm. They're never satisfied. The competitive yeah. nature. They're yeah. never satisfied. You get three, you want four. You get four, you want five. Like he was satisfied. He Crosby's in now. that rarefied one percent of the one percent with the. You know, the, the goats, whether it's the Tom Brady's, the Michael Jordan's, guys like that. Like, you can't – Crosby is, is, is in that rarefied air of being the best in a sport of all time. That's totally fair, and I agree, but let me ask you a question. If Crosby gets two more cups, does he move up the list at all? I don't think so. But it, it's what he thinks. No, I know, but I'm just saying legacy-wise to fans, if Crosby gets two more Stanley Cups, are we saying he's better than Gretzky? No. Are we putting him past? But, he, but he's, he's more involved in the discussion. Five cups, like 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 Wayne Gretzky's don't. records are impossible to break. But if like the stat column that matters, especially to a guy like Crosby, is probably number of cups. Yeah. And what if he comes to Edmonton and you know he has a hundred and ten point season and he starts inching towards two thousand and. What if you can sit there and You're go, ready to say he's going to be better than Gretzky? Well, but I'm just saying if we're walking down a hypothetical world where, we are, we he, are. where yeah, he yeah. wins two more Drink rings. Now he's, with now he's, got, yeah. now he's yeah. got more rings than And Gretzky. again, I'll say this again. The guy is having a heart trophy season. Yeah. I mean, this is and a what guy if he, who's what, what if he becomes the second player to hit the 2,000-point mark in NHL <laughs> history? <laughs> I, 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 I know it's 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 impossible to ever, uh, yeah. to ever put anyone against Gretzky. But then but the, you see the way those guys You have to era adjust Crosby. you got to era adjust it. That's a Real like that's a real debate. But Crosby still gets on the Mount Rushmore. He does. Oh, yeah, yes. I, I'm not. I'm not disagreeing. Right. With that. No. I, I just think he could win two more cups. I don't think anyone's putting him as the best player to ever play. But I think the conversation's there if he does. He's in the. It's, he, it's he, more. He becomes it's deeper. Yeah. Leads leads a team too. Like he's not going somewhere to be a depth player. Like mm -hmm. he'd be going there to star alongside you know McDavid and Drysital. I mean that it, it's. I mean, I, I don't know. Hey, like, I'm all for it. I would love for the NHL to have that LeBron Jordan debate. Like, I'm all for that. All right. We don't, we don't don't Are you ready a for debate. a homer take? Oh, here we go. Let's hear it. Let's hear your homer take. I think the Oilers is the only team that can make Cindy Crosby better. As a player? <laughs> As a player. Why? Yeah. Because of who he could play with. Yeah, but, I mean, Colorado, he could play yeah, with yeah, star I players. I mean, McKinnon. Ranton in Landeskog, Macar. I mean, well, I just yeah, think yeah, 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 but would really click. <laughs> yes, I feel like Ranton and Ranton and no, Macar. Yes, well, why? You know, we, you know, actually, I got to ask why on some of these things he's because European. we're we're we're, we're well, parting of the way. Like I said, well, it's it's well. I, there's a few. <laughs> I got a stupid narrative why I think Crosby <laughs> doesn't want to go to Colorado. It's something I've made up. Okay, what who, is who, it? who wants to be the king of Cole Harbor? I love made up shit. Who wants to be the king of Cole Harbor? If he goes and helps Nate get some cups, you, you know, like, they're, they're boys, but, like, Crosby wants to have that edge over him. Okay. Or would Crosby then be able to go, yeah, I got you your Yeah, no matter what. Nate, and no matter what. And then maybe Nate doesn't want it. Like, I don't need your help. Yeah. <laughs> Sid? And yeah, maybe they hate each other. The, the, it's, it's, but, like, hate and <laughs> love is a very right. fine line. Yeah. Tyler, your M. Chuck from Oilers Nation reporting <laughs> that Crosby and McKinnon hate each other. All right, we got that. So let's, let's go a little more realistic. Not that I think this is insane. I thought it was insane the first time you said it. But the more you and then the more I it. thought about it, and then I heard it. on, And I'm like, oh, you know what? He does need to leave Pittsburgh. Yes. He really does. What Pitt, he, he, it would be amazing to see this guy go, and can't, go to Canada, go to a Canadian market, and, and 
win more cups. It would be awesome to see that. But let's let's just go more present day, realistic. What could potentially happen over the next couple of weeks? So far, you add Corey Perry. Um, you know, I, I think returns on that are going to be really good. Didn't cost you a thing. We talked about the flurry conversation earlier. Tyler and I totally disagreed on that. Um, Where are you guys on that? They think Stuart Skinner's an AHL goalie. No, that's, that's, that's putting Boy, words in our mouth. He thinks he's a Vesna front runner. I said, front pump, runner, no. I said, pump the brakes on that. He's an NHL goalie, but having flurry for a third round pick would be the would make any I think Oilers fans sleep really nicely at night as an insurance policy and as a you know a, a tandem situation. Jesus, the Calvin Pickard hate here is. That's is what strong. I said. Nine fifteen save percentage on. Captain you guys Picard. have your head a little bit in the bubble right now, like a little bit in the bubble. Yeah, yeah obviously, yeah. For like a, a, like a guy like Flurry, like of course, like have him as your backup or your one B, like or who knows, maybe he becomes your one A, like. That's, that's what I'm saying. That's a it's, nice, it's that'd be a nice luxury. Mm -hmm. But it's it's at what expense, and not from like what you have to trade to get them, but like who can't we get now because we got them? Well, <clears throat> come cap time, you chop that cap hit up, that daily number. I don't know exactly what it would be around that. It wouldn't be much. You you'd be able to facilitate something that works. Um, but we we already had we already flushed yeah. this discussion. Okay, okay, okay. What else? What else? Because I know you guys on Oilers Nation are. I've heard you guys kind of talk about that that center that that bottom depth center a lot. I personally think the defense is where they need more help. But where do you guys sit on that whole topic? I'm willing to stay. I'm willing to stay steady with our goalie tandem at the moment if we had, we had bring a piece on defense because we're not we're. We're, we're 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 on a 16 game heater now. We've let like two goals in the last 14 games, like some you know crazy crazy defensive numbers. But you know I don't know that like we're not a defensive team. That is not it's not going to last. It is not, not sustainable. Yeah. You're not winning the cup that way. And it, and it's not because it is happening because like there's a structure, there's a buy-in, there's a lot of momentum going on that's what's keeping this heater going. But you know defensively we're still not tough to play against. Mm. In certain elements, we are with certain players. Like Nurse, Nurse has had a good year. He stepped up. But Ekholm has just been Ekholm. Uh, and then after that, like Vinny, kind of a little bit in certain circumstances, like just tough defensively. He's such a monster. He's just well, he's just he's big. He's just he's just a huge human. I just think he gets caught up the ice way too often for yeah. a third pair guy. Yeah, that's and, and, and that's fair. Often. He needs to like limit his. He needs to we limit needs his. We need to know his, his role a little exactly. bit better. And and I just feel like I watch him play, and I'm like. What's your identity, man? Because keep it simple. It's not jiving with what an outsider who watches the game thinks it should be. And I remember seeing him play at Providence College and even doing. Pretty sure I did his last college game in the Frozen Four. Called that game. Yeah, this oh, guy's a good right. player. He's a good player, but again, I do see him just get stuck on the wall at the like he he. It's it makes me nervous in you know come playoff time. I think yeah. they need a vet defenseman for sure. Yeah, I think vet defenseman and then any guys you're t if you say anybody that sticks out. Fuck, I love Sealer, but they're not trading him anymore. I don't think. Well, right? Tanev, I disagree Tanev, with that. If, if I'm like if I'm dreaming the yeah. perfect person, it would be Tanev. But you're gonna have to give up a lot. Are you I good know. with that? Oh. Giving up a lot. Well, that's the and so like that's this is the whole debate, right? Like, and that's the debate. What what I guess position you want to go deep with, and which one you have to kind of like. Bring someone like a like a surface player in like at a lower cost, lower cap it. So you have to figure out that formula. So for me, uh, it's if you can get Tanev, then you can maybe just go not so deep on like a depth uh, uh, forward. But 
you know, we have an experiment here that we get to try out with Corey Perry because really what we need to fi- focus on is one of two things, and you have, we have to make that decision. And I, I say we like I'm part of the organization, <laughs> but that's what we do. Uh, is either strengthening that second line to give like Drysaddle like a legit like scoring winger. Look at Tyler smiling right yeah. now. Right, He's and, so and, and could, could that be Corey Perry? It could. No. Probably not. But well, exactly. Probably but you not. probably you want Corey Perry in your third line. Yeah. yeah. So you, you want to either get a second line guy or a really good the third line six. center. Yeah. He can play a game for you here and yep. there, or if things aren't going well, you throw him up on one of those lines yeah. to sort of drag another guy who's not having a good night or wake yep. some guys up. But I don't think ultimately you're you're setting up you're set up for success, yeah. you know, in your top six if he's like, who's, if McLeod and Fogel right are on your second line, <laughs> like that's and, you're in trouble. Like you're in trouble. Like that's not good. Right now they're playing. Is it not Nuge Fogel and? Okay, there you go. Well, they move around. Yeah, yeah they they they're going nuclear right now. Yeah. They're playing Connor and Leon together, which isn't sustainable. But um, <laughs> I love you guys. Always, you guys say that. Like, but everyone says it. Now. That's been a steady saying for you guys since like yeah. I've gotten and listened like to your guys show it's going nuclear anytime those guys get put out together. but it, but it, is it not like when you watch those two on the ice <laughs> and they're humming, like holy cow they were playing a different Just a, game it's a power play all the time yeah it's yeah. crazy um but I love the idea of adding scoring depth because I think you need to split Connor and Leon up yes. and to do that you need to give Leon a good support piece so Jay's pie in the sky idea was Crosby mine's a bit cool. maybe more realistic but if New Jersey stays out of it Maybe you can get Tyler Toffoli. Yeah. I'm I'm yeah. in on that. That is the exact oh, type of How player. good would Tyler Toffoli look in that top six? Yeah, no, I agree. He's but actually, he's going to cost you a lot. Like, that guy can score. He's going to oh, be. Yeah. A, he's bringing score. back a first round pick. He's oh, yeah. bringing That's back. That's fine. We yeah. we and are, got three to give. So here's my next question to you, Jay, <clears throat> because we've already asked Tyler this. Are you willing to sell, sell the future, and be? I mean, not just all in. I mean. All in, not thinking about next year or the year after. It's this win now. We have to do that for so many different reasons. <laughs> uh, yes, because we're what in year eight or nine of McDavid, mm-hmm. and you know how long did it take for Sid to get his first cup? Not long. six months. Not, well, three years. <laughs> three yeah. years, maybe. Right. So, like, we're, we're you know we're we owe this to Connor McDavid to go all in and try to give him what he needs to get his cups. And then the other side of it is. If we want to keep Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl wearing Oilers jerseys, we got to give them that team that that is a Cup contender. Yeah, we have Draisaitl who has one year left on his deal after this year, so hopefully, you know, we're going to have negotiation talks in the off season. Connor's got two more seasons. Like that, that in itself is a ticking time bomb. So more reason to go all in. Mm-hmm. My question for you right now: If the playoffs started today, Edmonton would be playing. They'd be playing Vegas again, mm-hmm. but. I want to know how you guys would feel right now with the Lindholm trade, how Edmonton would stack up in a seven-game series against Vancouver. Oh, man. Because I think if you ask me, gun to my head, I'm, take, I'm taking Vancouver. Right I hate they did that. I'm taking them if you have a gun to my head I'm right now. so <laughs> mad that they did that. They're deep. They're really deep. <laughs> I, don't, I, still, I don't think they I, have any holes. Like that, if, there's any, if there's a pairing in the league that could probably consistently shut down Connor McDavid, it's Makar and Taves, yeah. and it's Heronic and Hughes, mm-hmm. just because they can move so well, right? I agree. And that's 90% of the battle yeah. is just being able to keep up with Connor and keep up with that pace. So that would concern me. I think winning those games where you're in Vancouver and you don't have last change and you know they're just going to stick Hughes and Heronic out there against McDavid, I think that'd be tough. But 
Zadarov doesn't move well. Myers doesn't move oh, that geez. well. Like Connor loves skating circles around Zadarov. Yeah, but, like, like how often is that matchup going to yeah. happen? And like we kind of saw, I mean, we saw it in the Battle of Alberta playoff series a few years ago that like if you have slow boots D men anywhere, mm-hmm. Connor McDavid just eats them alive. So I think that bottom four, we'll call it, on the Canucks blue line is slow enough where Connor could just rip around them. It, it would turned be out a really well on opening night. <laughs> I have such a hard time sitting there and well, being, like it, poking it, holes in Vancouver right now. Yeah. So yeah, it'd be it'd be tough to pick the Oilers in that situation. The only place I'd pick holes on like man, they've done so many good things this year. Like mm-hmm. they have they have retooled on the fly and it is impressive. But we talked about it on our show like a couple of days ago. Do you think they're the devils of last year? I didn't mean to kind of cut you off there. No, 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 no. Yeah. That's a good question. Because I don't think I that don't they're going to so. win in the playoffs. I really, I don't. Th- I think they're going to have to learn how to how to win. So what don't you like I, about I them? Just the lack of experience. Yeah, lack of experience, and and you I know, think I think lack of experience and a, maybe a little lack of grit. I feel like people say the lack of experience thing is cliche, but it's so true. It's, it's so cliche. true. It's so true. Look at every team that sh- you have to learn. You have to lose and learn those hard lessons losing in the NHL playoffs before you win. Every team that's had their run, whether it was Chicago for a while, whether it was Tampa for a while, they all had a struggle. Mm -hmm. Even Vegas. Like, they got in Mm -hmm. almost, and they had to reset. Mm -hmm. So that's a true thing. But still, like, in the series, I I would be concerned, especially after this Lindholm maneuver that they just pulled (laughs) off would make me extra concerned. A week ago, I would have told you they're pretenders, mm-hmm. and they're overachieving. And I think in a really? hard-fought series, I think you could <coughs> silence them. But man, I, my perspective is changing yeah. because this addition of Lindholm, like that, he is like he is exactly what they need. I wish the Oilers could have got him. Obviously, that would never happen. But uh, Vancouver probably plays a little bit more physical too. No, like their third line is pretty physical. Yeah, yeah, and it, it's who's a Bluger, Joshua. It was yeah. Kuzmenko, I think. They have Lafferty down in the Lafferty bottom. Lafferty now. So, so like, their bottom. So, like, they probably outgrid us right yeah. now, which is weird. Like, so we got to toughen up ourselves. And goaltending. Well, you've got, so D early, or excuse me, D Ely. I think we can get chat. in Thatcher's head. D, <laughs> D Ely comes into our chat and, and watches just, our show at times. He shreds me. Um, and he, ha- he hates Johnny, which is <laughs> awesome. Um, what do you say now? He's always on my side on everything, which is great. But he said... The Oilers do not need scoring. It's their team defense that hurts them in the playoffs. Dry scores four in one game, and he's also on the ice for five against. Yeah. So I, I think the sentiment, um, at least from what I see, whether I'm in your guys' show chat or ours, people do seem to lean defensive depth. Um, yep. Talking about that in Edmonton. But they've looked scars. better this year than they ever have. <clears throat> They're managing the puck better. Yeah. I think it all comes down to are they willing to be this disciplined for the net? And they're not going to win every game on out, but are they willing to be disciplined and manage the puck, something the Leafs are usually not willing to do, a lot of teams are not willing to do. Will they? Are they willing to continue to do that for this next stretch of games into the playoffs? Because if they manage the puck, it's going to be hard to beat them. Yeah. If they don't, they're going to give up five goals. They're they're going to Skinner's going to be under fire, under fire. He's he's. And, you know, he's he's not shown at that point of a season that he's ready to steal games. Maybe this is will be his coming out party on that. But they need to win games three two and not five three. That's that's well right. look well not even all the, three. Now they've done the last sixteen games, yeah. that's the way it's been. Yeah. We're not giving up. Because they're goals. playing shit teams. 
They're managing the puck. Still 16 NHL teams they've beaten in a row. It's it's the most (laughs) basic form. It's not cliche. Watch them play. Go on Instat. Go on any of the the stat geek websites. They're managing the puck. They're turnovers. They're giveaways. Where they're turning the puck over on the ice. Um, they're making smart offensive zone changes. It's just it's it's a more committed team to playing playoff winning hockey, not nine six hockey. Because they've learned their tough lessons yeah, over the last couple. They of have. Years. I also still think it's so overlooked how good their PK has been. Their their oh, penalty kills at like ninety five percent at the moment. At the moment. In, in, is that sustainable? I don't know. Or is this the new PK? But that is spoilers? insane. Is whose handle is the P? Is that something Coffee no, would have taken Mark over? Because that does okay. Because. That that doesn't seem like a Paul Coffee. Brand. Yeah, it would be his brand. I think more power play when I think Paul Coffee. Yeah, um, yeah. Mark Stewart's been handling the PK ever since Dave Manson got let go, and that's you can see it instant turnaround. And the one thing Knobloch's done is he's kind of like assigned it to six guys mm-hmm. and said like, own it. You guys are our penalty killers. Like take pride in it. And I think that's uh that's kind of helped. I'm interested with Calgary too. Actually, like we talked about teams being able to just load up and rebuild real fast. Man, so they got a first and a good prospect for Lindholm. They traded Zadarov for a couple of picks. They could maybe get a first for Chris Tanev. They could. I don't think maybe. Hannafin and him could both go out and get you. You could end up with a number of first-round picks, but you also have to be careful. You don't want five first-round picks in one draft. No. Because you have a development team and a development process that is really only suitable for so much attention. You kind of want to stagger. So like, but five bullets in one draft, you're gonna hit on some. Yeah, but but, like, but even still, it's you can use them to acquire, right? The, if the you St. Want, Louis model. Yeah. If if they've already got a couple this one draft, well, then you look to the next draft. That makes you even more dangerous because if there's certain teams that don't have first round picks, and you're like, okay, you don't have one until next year, but that's gonna be a better pick next year potentially. So you have that luxury of being a little bit more patient. But again. That you know, the Bruins had it the one year where they had three draft picks at once, and you know it didn't work. DeBrusque being one of them, and he seemed to be the guy that that ended up you know making it the best for that group. But you do have to be careful because you you can only give so many attention to guys that are playing college and junior. You only have so many people on your staff. You only have so many development coaches. You want to kind of spread out that that capital a little bit more. And Tyler, like once you draft an eighteen year old kid realistically if he's not a top two or three pick probably a couple years away from being an impactful player like you're talking mac or minimum two but most likely three to four years but they're really impactful to 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 make a difference on a good team in the nhl not just throwing them in on a bad team and you know sink or swimming them the others had three picks in one draft in oh, the first that, oh and it did not go Who, well. which year was the that? Connor mcdavid draft year so all right, I'm now going to bring it back to Oilers. Oh, I thought you were talking about like the Ryan O'Mara, Ryan, oh, Robert that, Nelson draft. No, no, the, the Connor McDavid draft. So if we don't win a cup, if we don't win a cup, we could say that we killed the Connor McDavid era 15 minutes after drafting him <laughs> when we took those two first-round picks and packaged them up, which could have been Barzell and... Well, it would have been like Erickson, Eck, and Beauvillier. Probably, Erickson, yeah. Eck, and Beauvillier. Oh, or, yeah, it would have been Erickson. Carlo. Eck. Carlo was the D-man they liked. And we... Bundle them up for a guy named Griffin Reinhardt. Jeez. And I'd do it again. Minutes. <laughs> minutes after the Connor McDavid era started. You would do it again? I don't know. The memories. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah the painful memory, The trauma? Yeah. I mean, what would be worse? Trading Gretzky or McDavid not getting a cup? Probably McDavid not getting a cup. That'd be worse. Yeah, yeah because probably. if McDavid oh, doesn't get a cup, 
he'll it's embarrassing. he'll be traded. Yeah, it's he'll, he'll want to be traded. Yeah. yeah. It'd be it'd be probably the worst thing to ever happen to the sport of Conor McDavid never went Stanley Cup. It would oh. it would have a it would have a deep rooted I'm, effect on. Imagine being an organization that traded Wayne Gretzky <laughs> and then all these years later traded Connor McDavid. That's kind of a rough stain. Yeah, I wouldn't be laughing for the Oilers. Uh, At least Gretzky won. No, though. you wouldn't. <laughs> you would not be laughing. No, no you would be facing devastation that yep. you probably can't even imagine right now. Although to be fair, I did tweet back in November when the Oilers lost to the Sharks that the Connor McDavid era is ending right in front of our eyes. You and Ryan Whitney got off the bandwagon oh, we were, the yeah. same day. I was down bad. I was real down bad. Well, everyone was. It was yeah, very, a one. very difficult time. It's funny, as well, especially in Canada, but also like, like Johnny, you're, you're a big Rangers fan. Like, mm-hmm. It's part of your identity, right? Yeah. And if people shit on your team... It's like a personal attack. Like it affects you emotionally. You guys are crazy. I, I think is... I, I don't know because I think uh, I don't want to take away from my fandom, but I definitely think I'm I'm a little self aware with the Rangers, where I I dump on them when I think they deserve to be dumped yep. on. But like when other people do it, and I also see that, I think it's okay. He just does it so people don't call him a homer. He don't don't listen. No, to I'm him. I'm a homer, but I'm not self aware. I'm a homer, still but still want him to win. I'm I'm a homer. Obviously, I'm a homer, but I still think like. If you if you ask me right now if the Rangers are going to get past the second round, I would say no. I don't think they're they're I think they're stealing this year. What's happening round. in New York? Well, what's happening is the first half of the year they were defending well, they were scoring goals, they were getting stops. They're doing none of that now. But the offense is creating; they're not scoring. I think in the last eleven games, maybe in three of them, they had more than two goals. Like they're just not finishing, and the chances are there, but they're not hungry around the net. None like, of their top we're, six we're, players. We're we're scoring. we're doing opposites. You're yeah. the you're the Oilers. Now of that we were at the, the start beginning. of the season, and we're now the Rangers of the. But also defensively, like they looked locked in, they were in that like one three one, like almost every game, shutting teams down. Their in the neutral of the zone ice. was really it was great good in the beginning of the year, and now they the, weren't letting teams get you know gain speed, and yeah. weren't giving up odd man rushes, and and now you you don't even recognize. Them. Thought he asked me. <laughs> are they co- are they <laughs> coach killers? Unplug, do you want me to unplug? No, but break? but again, the Rangers have been. I'm gonna unplug come on, that was good. That was good. Come on. You stuck up for yourself. I'll give yeah, you that. Oh, wow. <laughs> Double down. <laughs> okay. Go on. You'll oh, regret that. I do. I already do. I'm scared. You'll regret that. But the Rangers have been the worst team against the Rush for like two months now. And I think a lot of that has to do with their age. Look also. how red his face got yeah, just because he stood scared. up to me. I am. I'm sweating under here. <laughs> he stood up to me finally. Look at his face. He's getting all red are, now. Are you familiar with the movie? Is it Freaky Friday where people like switch, yeah. they switch yeah, their yeah, life? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I think that game. Is that what's happening? Well, I think when Edmonton went and made oh that comeback gosh. against the Rangers, we gave you our shit sandwich. That was brutal. And that we could be the true. baton. That could be true. That was what? That was like early December? Late yeah. December. It was like when game it all, two of our 16 was, game year. When it all went, went south. Yeah, that Rangers. was game two. Yeah. That was well, game two. What an impressive victory, too, just when you look back and like <laughs> going into the garden, down one in the third, storming, scoring all those goals against the team that was playing so well. Full marks for that you one. You know what's funny? I think. So I'm a, I'm a mush on Twitter. It's becoming a, like a very real thing. I think I tweeted after the second period, the Rangers done a great job shutting down McDavid, and then third period. And then you got burned by Ryan McLeod and Warren Fogle. Because I, I jinxed it. What do you mean? They came out in the third period and scored four goals in like three But what minutes. does it mean you're a mush on Twitter? What does that even mean? Like I said something and the opposite happens. Yeah. It's been happening. To well, that's how it is when you do team. your betting stuff too. Yeah, you just do whatever you put out. I said the Sens are going to make the playoffs. There. Worst team in the league. Oh, I've got a future on that. Didn't yeah, not going to happen. I don't know. They're climbing He back. said he was willing to give his life. He bet his life that the Ottawa Senators this year would make the playoffs. Before the season. Oh, that's a But like on paper, man, like Very it's poor. there. That's what I'm saying. They're I responded with, I hope you're an organ donor. To me, <laughs> to me, they're the biggest what the fuck happened here, like in the NHL. <sighs> they're talented. They just one, they can't get goaltending right. 
and I don't, I don't know if it's a culture thing or whatever, but every year they shit their pants. When the you can't get goaltending right and you don't manage the puck, you're gonna have a lot of problems. And they don't they don't play with any discipline. They, they don't sh- manage the puck. They should have fired DJ Smith in the summer. Yeah, should have had a new coach in there right from the get go. Who would you have hired? <sighs> who would you have hired? That's a good question. Uh, I'm trying to think back to who is available. Who are they the need like a yeah. They need like an old school hard ass right now. Just like lobby would have been for them. Yes. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. that's what they that. need. They need a hard, they need a old, a old school Galant? hard ass to bring them in line. No, that's the last guy they needed probably. <laughs> Who's that? Does he, does he get another chance? Some of these guys get like seven chances. Like Todd mm. McClellan's got to be on like his sixth or seventh team. It's like. I think there's an I think there's a good enough kind of like next wave if you want to say it where I think guys like Gallant are maybe done like Jay Woodcroft's gonna get another job right away yeah. when Sheldon Keefe inevitably gets fired from Toronto he'll get another job relatively quickly I think someone will jump up and, and hire him so do you put how LA is playing right now on the coach no because like this PLD effect is real I don't think the best coach in the world could get PLD to play hard but what happened how there? many different tries does this guy get what? I don't get I still don't even know what happened there because they were playing so well goaltending was fine they, again they're a team that has no holes I'm gonna tell you what happened no On injuries paper. no injuries I'll tell you what happened Arvidsson was out playing the way that they play requires a lot of discipline a lot of discipline you watch their structure in the neutral zone it requires a lot of you know not looking to make that extra play, not getting caught, changing quickly, um, you know, getting – sometimes you might have an opportunity, but instead you're chipping the puck in and then you're, you're going to your structure. It, it is a very disciplined brand of hockey that they've played over the last couple of years. And what stupid thing do you have to say? No, oil sneaky Pete in the chat said Keith Kachuk should coach the Sens. Um, <laughs> so that's the thing. It's hard. Florida last it's Actually, hard Mama to withstand. <laughs> it's hard to withstand that type of discipline in a season forever. The Flyers did it for a while. Now they're 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 getting out of that discipline. The Oilers, do, yeah. the Oilers are on a stretch right now where they're playing really. It's just you don't see teams play 82 games of discipline hockey. The Leafs do it for two or three games in a row. They can't do it. The Leafs they were playing that neutral zone that one three. Players nowadays, man, they, they get antsy. They want to make plays. They want to play offense. Mm-hmm. Like It's very difficult to get buy-in. And a guy like PLD, he starts worrying about his points and starts worrying about his stats, like Drew Doughty said. And he didn't name you yeah. know, Duke. But I think we all know he's one of the guys that he's talking to. Especially when um, you see Velarde lighting it up in Winnipeg, too. And, and, <laughs> and again, you see <laughs> that trade. guy, Dubois, yeah. every time he goes to a new team, they start losing, and he's complaining, and he's the center of attention, and he's getting put on the fourth line. And we all remember the clip from Columbus where he absolutely that mailed it in. Oh that one God. shift, and Torts was just, oh. you know, beside himself. Didn't so bend his knees be- once. But, like, the year before, he was, like, a playoff beast. And I'm like, this guy is legit. And it's like never shown that ever since. He's a locker room Which killer. year? Which year? That first year in Columbus. Yeah. Was that when they swept Tampa? I think that was that when year? they swept. How, how, what what like year, just like you, year it, was that, though? Do we know? Exactly. Year one or two. Right? Yeah. So you're kind of full of piss and vinegar. You're in that entry-level contract. Yeah. You're, you're, you're listening. Playing, you're playing yeah. for, for your, your life money because your, your entry-level deal is not, not where you make. It's if you get those big second and third. So – He's a he seems to be a locker room killer. If that's a common denominator, is that he, he, he you've got a, m- a couple of different kinds of coaches. Um, was it uh, Luke Gazdick on on one of the the, sh- the shows recently talking about his experience playing for McClellan and saying like 
I don't. I th- was it on DFO? Yeah, it yeah, might yeah, have it been on, on DFO, and yeah. he was talking about how um, it's he. He's very blunt. He's very straight. He's very direct. It's kind of his way or no way. Some teams can't handle that for a whole season. Yeah, I mean, you, yeah, they, like I, I get it. Like players time out on like like Daryl Sutter. Yeah, like they time out on him. Like you, they get that like window of time where they 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 he's got yeah. their attention. They they listen. They subscribe to his his way of playing hockey. They win. But it better work quick. Them. Yeah, it has to work fast. I mean, hearing the same voice for for so long, also like it's hard not human nature, right? Like to tune somebody out if you don't see eye to eye with them. Like maybe that's just his time in L.A. Yeah. It's just human nature to to not see something the same way as somebody and try to do things your own way. He'll be the fall guy. Yeah, I mean, if well, if, the, if, if fire thing, players. yeah, if yeah. things continue, I don't think Rob Blake. I think this is Rob Blake's first coaching hire. Yeah. So I, you always get more than one coach. I mean, I can see Rob Blake not deploying a lot of patience, like to a to a, like but, like lesser than lesser than like other GMs. Like you could like you could see McClellan get gassed this year. Who would be the guy to come in and turn the ship though? Because this is a team like if they fall out of the, Rob Blake. if they fall out of the playoffs like that is fucking humiliating. Well, it's it's happening before our eyes, man. They're still they're, are they in the second wild card? Right still, yeah, yeah. They're, so they're, I think they're there's good on, options like, out there. I think Woodcroft being one of them. Can you um, imagine Woodcroft going to LA and they meet again? I mean, I think that would be awesome. That'd be good because I think Woodcroft and and I think Woodcroft got the short end of a stick, and and I honestly think that. Well, hindsight says he sucked. I get it, but, <laughs> but I also think look at what he did when he came in and turned them around when he got hired. I mean, so, with their schedule, Woodcroft would have won sixteen in a row, probably. <laughs> I think Paul. Co- I think Paul Coffey gets a lot of credit for the way the back end is playing, which I think has kind of changed the dynamic of that team. So, yeah. and I, we're back into the Oilers. No, but my point <laughs> all roads, at the end of the day, when it comes to the National Hockey it's League, all, about, <laughs> all roads lead to the Oilers. <laughs> Tell me how it can. But if McClellan goes, I, I would think Woodcroft would be pretty high up that list. I mean, is available. Jay Miller Woodcroft. just wrote in the chat, can Barube turn PLD around? <sighs> no, Maybe. I don't not. think so. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't see that working, knowing – Knowing Barubi a little bit, he probably needs a galant. He he doesn't seem like he would be the guy to like. I think PLD would shut it down because he'd be coached hard. We've already seen him not want to be coached hard by Torts. So, mm-hmm. the Kings did win last night. They beat uh, who they play? San Jose. San, no, no. Um, Nashville. 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 Yeah. They went into Nashville and won last night. Nashville. So, so you right feel now. so yeah. you feel good before break. That's it. You know, you you get a little. No, a I win. still don't think you feel great. You beat Nashville. It's like their last too. like twenty games. Nashville been. just blew a three nothing lead to the Sens like two nights before. They're not too hot right now. Like, what are you doing there? I think that's another name too we haven't talked about. UC Soros. Like, like they're in a clear rebuild in Nashville, right? Like, I know they're flirting with the yeah. playoffs right now, but if you're Trotz, I think like who, who's their uh, goalie in the AHL right now? Ask Askarov. Askarov, right? He's you he's, have he's, the clear he's cut on a tear, right? Apparent, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, I think you got to. Is he figuring it out? Because he had a kind of rough start. Having a hell of a season. Okay. Yeah, I'm. I'm pretty sure. I think Saros doesn't go until like the draft. I think that's more of a draft trade. Would you think the Leafs would be all over that? Leafs, Devils, like. Well, well, if Devils think they're gonna make the playoffs, they do for sure. Once they get Jack back, they do. Fair. I mean, they're a different team. We talked about it the other day. They're a different team with Jack Houston. Yeah, one true. more year at five mil, like contenders should just be salivating over that opportunity. And if mm-hmm. you're the Preds, why do you want to get into the playoff? Like, or yeah. you don't have aspirations of going deep. You know this roster is not going to take you deep. So trade them now. Get an extra asset out of this thing. Why wait till the draft? Because I think he's he's a he's a bigger deal that I actually think you get more out of 
at the draft where there's more suitors, there's more teams that can do it. Because Soros is a guy that I think an organization could make a major long-term investment in. And, you know, again, I just – how limiting is the deadline? It's only – I think every – there's 20 teams in the NHL right now that he upgrades, like major upgrades. Well, don't don't you think, like, like Edmonton's an all-in team, but, like, don't you think Toronto's in that all-in moment too? Yeah, I mean, I think they've been in that for, for a like a while, now. but like, yeah. but like, it's the, like similar to, to Edmonton. Like the clocks ticking. There's a lot of teams who's they are, are, but closing. they have so many big money guys that are signed long term that they, you know, they have to be even more careful. Like I think Edmonton's cap situation, like long term, is better. I mean, you look at all the money sunk into four forwards in Toronto. Well, you know, one of them's gone in the, mm-hmm. the off season. You know, it's wild. And, and to we always more, say that with that group, and then somehow they're they're all sticking uh, I, together. They all keep flaking it's out not together. Working. One's got to go. To make this more general NHL again, I think you. it's crazy. <laughs> I think it's crazy the flip flop this year with East versus West. Last year, the narrative at this time of the year going into the playoffs was, "Wow, the East is going to be a dogfight, and the West is so top heavy." Now you look at those six teams in the West, like. Any one of those six teams can come out on top, I think. Even even seven teams, too, if you want I, to include, I include LA. LA still. Yeah. yeah, but like in the East now, there's like probably three, four teams maybe that stand out, like Boston, Carolina, maybe the Rangers if you want to throw them in there, and, and Car- Carolina Florida. Carolina needs a goalie real like, bad. Well, yeah. Soros. Soros to Carolina would yeah. make a lot of sense. I, I think Flurry to Carolina would make a lot of sense, too. But the flip-flop there yeah. between year to year, I think, is just crazy. Like, yeah, you're right. You know, And I think... Last year, you saw it with Florida. Like, they were so beat up come Stanley Cup Final. Like, Vegas pretty much had an easy time with them. Not saying the Western Conference was an easy path to the Stanley Cup Final, but, like, you saw these teams in the East beat the shit out of each other in the playoffs, where in the West, that's probably what's going to happen this year. Yeah, Florida's going to be very interesting this year. If there's a team that I like watching play and plays mm-hmm. the way I like. Johnny loves Florida. Everyone, I think everyone's starting to get in the Florida Man. trend, too. Like, they're the Broad Street Bullies. Like, yeah. they like – they, the only, they, they, what? The, the only thing that I worry about with Florida – is how close is Bobrovsky to turning into a pumpkin again? It's always a question. What do you like, mean by that? I haven't when, when, pumpkin. When's the clock going to strike midnight on him? Oh. Right? Like he was you, a year ago well, today. I've never heard the story that, uh, of Cinderella. Yeah. You don't know okay. Cinderella? Not. There's a pumpkin above in Cinderella? Oh, God. Oh, my God. This time last year, Bobrovsky. Even, that's the thing. You is, can't it, even, is this a generational you can't gap even thing? Talk, you can't well, even talk to it. someone who's is that a known uh, thing? Like, what the hell is the seriously, pumpkin? Seriously, the carriage, well, the pumpkin? Or really, we need to litigate Cinderella slipper? right now on our hockey show? <laughs> I don't know. Guys, I'm not familiar with the Cinderella Johnny. story too much. I'm oh, not. my God. Dude. I'm not. What was the last really bad movie reference he didn't have, Vic? What was the last one that we just couldn't believe he didn't know the movie? I'm not even embarrassed. Cinderella. <laughs> well, what oh. is the chat saying? I'm, I'm assuming you're getting lit up. For oh, that. for sure, probably. That's uh, like, and I, I mean, I'm not like, a, like isn't it like compulsory and literally? School? Like, I was more of like a Lion King guy. But then you're Cinderella. in the Disney universe. I like Disney. Don't get me wrong. I just don't really know the Cinderella storyline that much. Do you know Mickey Mouse? Wait, how about this? He didn't. We we gave him a Save by the Bell reference, dude. Never, se- never seen it. I've never seen it. Oh, never, I, I know that, it's that, way before your never time. Never seen but Save still, by the Bell. That D Ely guy calls me Colodro all the time. Is that from that show? Oh no, that's from uh, Kelly Kapowski is one of didn't the all time hottest characters Didn't know who Kelly Kapowski was. Slater was. Zach Morris was my man. You see what you did to me, putting me with this guy, <laughs> Jesus. Wow. He doesn't know Saved by the Bell. You see what I'm dealing with? Like, I know it's like, it's like a you 90s show, but like, it's like a generational to, difference. But like, you know Beverly Hills so 90210. I've never seen it. My fire tries to walk off. No, it's, <laughs> I, I, I think that what we're establishing is I'm old. I think, that's, <laughs> I think we've, we've Jay, Tyler's heard of these things, and they're the, the same age. Well, Tyler's an old soul. 
Yeah, I'm an old man. You curl on Tuesdays. You are an old soul. Hell yeah. Yeah, shares a pitcher of beer with his <laughs> lead, his second, his third, and I'm his skip. The, I'm the lead. He's the lead. Yeah. Which is not good in curling. I mean, so back to the, the pumpkin. You can explain. Uh, Bobrovsky a year ago <laughs> was the worst contract in NHL history, and now all of a sudden he's a Vesna caliber goalie again. And it's mm-hmm. like, yeah. At what point does he just turn back into the. At midnight, that carriage turns to a pumpkin. Yeah. Oh, it's like Shrek. Fiona turns into an ogre at midnight. Same shit. There you go. When yeah. does he? When does Bobrovsky turn back into an ogre? <laughs> I well, but but Bobrovsky. Wow. Uh, <laughs> I, Bobrovsky. Really, I really screwed you up. Bob. Bobrovsky. Yeah. Bobby. Bob. He is a very talented goalie, but he is probably of the type of person that he decides when he wants to be good and when he doesn't. Yeah. We've seen that in his career. And I think, like, you saw it, like, oh, it's playoffs. I'm getting my shot. I'm just going to turn on Bob. And Bob showed up. Mm-hmm. No, it's more than that. I don't know, man. You think he's, he like, just... one of the most athletic goalies in the league. So then what is it, Tyler? If you think it's more, then what What? What then? I just think he's the type of goalie he is, very athletic. At times he overcommits. Like, I think that type of goalie is prone to great hot streaks and great cold streaks. So you think right it's now, it's more technical than effort? I think so. And maybe a little bit between the ears as well when things start going wrong Did for you like him. Mike Smith as a goalie? <laughs> I loved him. I wasn't he as high was, on Mike Smith at the time. He, yeah. uh, great, there was no man, technicality play, to his he game. He could play the puck, that guy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Absolute man, missile of a shooter. That goal against, what was it, Anderson on Calgary? Yeah. That, like, full ice goal in, like, what was it, game I thought that was five it. or game six? I thought Mike he looked like the Undertaker over. with, like, the long hair coming out the back of his helmet, Mike Smith. He, is he done? He retired. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's done. He retired. He, he's too banged up. He ever come on Oilers Nation? I would love to have him on. Yeah, that'd be a great Make shot. it happen. I can't. Get him on. We'll work on it. He's in Kelowna now. We'll find him. Oh, yeah. He's in we'll get him on digitally. Get him in the chat. Oh, you know how the chat operates on my show. He's the, probably going to be in there. Every every Oilers legend is, uh, has an account on uh, on the chat on game nights for Oilers Nation. Every, like, every Calvin Picard, yeah. when he's backing up, is in the chat. Yeah. Oil Sneaky Pete has my back. He said, not a known thing. Dude's way too much into princesses. So no, that's not <laughs> like I've never even seen a Cinderella movie, but like everyone should know the phrase like turning. Into I know a the pumpkin. slipper. I know the slipper. Yeah, it's one of those things that you don't even know that need to know the origin to it. Yeah, it's just like that's a like common saying. It's just life. So, it's because he doesn't listen. He just walks around with his cell phone like this, taking selfies, so filming not me. everything. That's so like, not me. It's like day in the life of Johnny. He's got a walks around the airport with a selfie stick, like filming the whole experience. That's just false. False he doesn't listen to anything. He's never listening because I don't get the Sometimes Cinderella reference. Sometimes we talk about something on our show, and then he'll <laughs> ask, it says a lot. He'll oh, ask yeah. me a question about something we just talked. He doesn't listen. That was one time I chewed him out one time on the show because I was looking something. It's up like on computer. Finding Nemo, the 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 fish with the attention span of like nine seconds. You mean like this, right? Dory? <laughs> you don't know that's, who Dory that's is? Him. He's, Idiot. He's, he's, <laughs> the, he's got no attention span. Oh, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. All right. Well, we want to thank you guys so much for doing this. We've had you here. Tyler, you've been here for like an hour. Jay, thank you it's so a much. Combined yeah. morning cup of hockey, Oilers Nation special. We didn't we didn't plan on this, but it, it just we couldn't oh. get off of it. And we did cover more than the Oilers. Yeah. We did do a good little bit of national. Yeah, we, we snapped it around a bit. Yep. Like I said, it always kind of comes back to the yep. Oilers, but then always uses it as a launch pad. We snapped it around like the Oilers power play. Morning Cup Alberta.
Yeah, that's kind of what it was today. But uh, we want to thank you guys again so much. This was a blast, and thanks for having us here. We uh, we appreciate it. And for everyone watching, we got a full day of content because you can go to the Leafs Nation YouTube. Leafs Morning Takes coming up in like 10, 15 minutes here with Rosie and Alberga. And then we got DFO Live you know with myself Alberga's and Frank. Alberga's going to be fired up. I want to know how Rosie's doing. In Toronto, there he is. live shows. <laughs> Alberga's going to be fired up today. We're gonna. I'm going to probably sit in the in the audience and, and listen to that one because I'm sure he'll be reeling off uh, – yeah. Rights and left. And if you're watching and you're in Toronto and you got nothing going on tomorrow, you can come sit in the audience tomorrow. You can just walk in at the Royal York. Come in, hang a right, go all the way down the hallway. We're in the Hudson room. You can watch all the shows yourself. Yeah. You can tell us which team you think Crosby should go to. Mm-hmm. What else? <laughs> so after Oilers, what's what's after uh, that? Barn Burner's in the mix as well, and then it goes to Oilers, and then it's coming in hot, our Senator's show with your DFO, li- DFO Live. DFO Live well. will go at uh, noon Eastern. Yep. Perfect. Big day. Big day. Sponsorship X. We are taking it over. All right. Well, thank you to everyone in the chat today. Thank you to our producer, Vic. Thank you to the entire crew. And that's going to be a wrap for Morning Cup of Hockey today.